and good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Prince Charles is here as well. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Uh, Charles is going to be in charge. Huh? of uh, continuing. We'll have him on Twitter Patrol again today to watch to see if anything of note happens related to the Ravens and free agency or other interesting things related two, to free two agency. Two minutes ago, yeah. Jacoby Myers, he is a Raider. Okay. Well, that's the, the top receiver on the market, so Ravens are I, Ravens will I, not get him. I, well, I mean, I, nobody knows who the top receiver on the market is. He's one of them, and I don't think anybody ever believed he was going to be a Raven, but yes, Jacoby Myers comes off the market. Uh, Alan Lazard appears headed towards the Jets. It's not like the wide receiver market was good to begin with, but again, that's why we were joking about like you can roll your eyes about Darius Slayton. Boy, the, the Ravens could really use a Darius Slayton. That would go a long way. How do we feel about Myers going to the Raiders after I that? I don't care. Lateral. After the questionable lateral this past season. Oh, you all, think that he was in on it the whole time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Investigation? Uh, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's coming. Um, but we'll watch to see if anything of note occurs. Um, the news, if you will, I mean, we, we were not on, unfortunately, as tampering began yesterday, so we have not covered uh, on this show much of any of it. We will get into a couple of Ravens-related things on the program today. Our buddy Brian McFarland from Russell Street Report will go over where they are now after the moves they've made as far as the cap is concerned. Also, our friend Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network will touch on the Ravens, Lamar, and everything else in free agency to this point. And um, it is a Tuesday, so Patrick Stevens will join us. We'll talk Terps, West Virginia, and NCAA tournament in general with him. Um, I covered it. I was on with uh, Tim Barbalace yesterday on The Fan, and I would said it on Twitter. that If you want to do the reading through the tea leaves thing on Calais Campbell, what you'll see is it doesn't make sense that the Ravens wouldn't have tried to work something out with him. I, there's no world in which they wouldn't have wanted that. That makes no sense. I mean, if they just flatly decided that defensive line was no longer someone somewhere that they wanted to spend their money, I mean, I, I guess. But he's costing you a couple of million dollars in dead space anyway. Why not try to restructure a deal tack on a year in order to keep him around? So that leaves you leaning towards the idea that Calais Campbell said to the Ravens, guys, I'd love to be around, but this is it for me. This is my last chance to win a Super Bowl. I've got to be somewhere where I can win a Super Bowl. I have to know that Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback of this team next year because if not, I don't think you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I can't be somewhere at the end of my career where I don't have that chance. So... I'd love to talk to you about restructuring, but I need you to get the Lamar thing done, and then maybe we can revisit this, and maybe it'll work out that I can be a part of it. Now, I don't know that. That's You can say that's speculation. The Ravens might have just decided it wasn't worth it to them anymore, and they didn't want to be the team that tacked on an extra year. Why they would suddenly choose that now, and for a player that presumably would not cost them all that much should he not play the following season, I don't know. But it's possible. It just seems far more plausible if I'm Calais Campbell. There's no chance in the hell that I'm agreeing to do something if I don't know that I have a chance. That's why you came here to begin with. Because you believe the scenario presented you a chance to win a Super Bowl before your career was over. 
So you're just going to wash that? Just going to say, eh, instead, it's pleasant here. I'll just stay here even if I don't have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Now, again, that doesn't mean that if the Ravens were to get this thing done with Lamar Jackson or if it would become abundantly clear that it's going to get done with Lamar Jackson, I, I believe the last sentence of their statement that they would love to have Calais Campbell return. I don't think they wanted him to go. And again, you could say, hey, the defensive line actually looks like an area where they're going to be okay, and Matt Abike and Broderick Washington were both really good last season, and the Ravens have historically always been able to find defensive linemen. You can do that till you're blue in the face. But Calais Campbell was the unquestioned leader of this defense. Maybe they say, hey, we want Roquan Smith to become that guy, and you pay somebody a certain amount of money, you expect that. But Calais Campbell has been the heart and soul of this team, and he had a lot of football left. At least last year he did. My gut is that they really do want him back and that they're hoping that the market isn't so robust for Calais Campbell that he suddenly signs the next day or two and they can wait this thing out and try to get an answer, get something settled with Lamar Jackson and still have the opportunity to bring back Calais Campbell. But this goes back to the thing where we can keep saying that the Ravens have handled this appropriately, that they have done everything right, that they have you know, tried their best in negotiating, but at some point you ask yourself, was it worth paying a little bit extra to not go through this right now? Is the trade-off of trying to make sure that you milk this thing to get the best price possible for Lamar Jackson worth whatever you might lose in the process? And I don't have the answer. I'm not saying Calais Campbell is proof that it's not because I don't, one, he's not gone yet. Two, even if he was, I don't know that I would say that. I like Calais Campbell, but he's not the difference in whether the Ravens are going to win a Super Bowl or not. Good player, heck of a leader, all of those things. But it's a question, and it's a warranted question given where the Ravens find themselves. Obviously, the two Ravens that did move on yesterday definitively were Ben Powers and Josh Oliver. They were both gone. I mean, the only world was if there was no market for Josh Oliver. Maybe he could have returned, but as it turns out, Quite a market. Who knew? Yeah. We'll, get some, we'll get some comp Who picks. Who knew? Mm, I mean, possibly. I mean, Ben Power is definitely possibly Josh Oliver at this point. Um, not that I care. I just don't care about late-round comp picks. They don't do anything for me. And presumably, I, I, I don't know if the Ravens are still going to sign somebody or not. At this point, you get the sense that they probably won't. Or that if they do, they'll specifically go the cut player route in order to avoid the, the compensatory pick. Uh, trade-off, as they'll definitely get, I think, a fourth-rounder for Ben Powers, that for sure. And again, another thing we knew, and that's a bummer because Ben Powers started to come into his own, and you like the idea of Ben Powers, but to to their credit, the Ravens are very rarely honest when they don't have to be, but I think Eric DaCosta was about as honest as he possibly could have been when that was brought up at the end-of-season press conference, and without using the exact words, he said, yeah, he gone. I mean, the market was going to be robust enough for Ben Powers that the Ravens weren't going to go there. And it's not even, I don't think, specifically about Ben Powers as much as it's just about, one, where they are cap-wise at the moment, and two, their comfort in their ability to find interior offensive linemen. Guards, specifically. I mean, center, I think they needed to invest more in but they've got their guy now. So 
I think they're comfortable that we'll replace Ben Powers with the next Ben Powers. And obviously they already have, you know, a couple of guys internally that could end up being that guy. Although the Ben Cleveland experiment is, is not, not really amazing for all everybody that was freaking out about the fact that it looked like Brock Lesnar, Braun <laughs> Strowman when the Ravens drafted him. Not really translated to the football field. <laughs> that hasn't really been a thing. But I still have complete faith in the Ravens to to handle that position, much like defensive line and blocking tight end. These are not things that I'm all that worried about, the Ravens figuring out a way to replace the guys that are either already gone or could still be gone. The other news, and we'll get into it more with uh, Brian McFarland, is that it's not just Gus Edwards, but they did get something done with Kevin Zeitler as well, and apparently something significant because, according to Field Yates, um, those moves open up about $7 million in cap space. So, Adam Thielen. Uh, sure, sure. That's still out there. That is still a thing, but we'll talk more about that. In general, I, I don't know. Where am I? I'm in the same place that I was a day ago. I'm in the same place that I have been every day of this process. I. It's so funny because in other years we'd be sitting here like, looking over these list of players, like, who could the Ravens maybe pick up? I just don't care. There's one thing. Who cares who they sign? Who cares who they lose? There is one thing that matters. One. And I get it. We do this, and it's our job, and there are reporters, and it's there. Like, I'm not trying to belittle someone else doing their job, but, like, I just can't believe how trivial it is to have these conversations. I, I just did it for 10 minutes, and I feel like, okay, so there's that. Yeah. But yeah. what does it matter? My it's God. Imagine they, I mean, they could go out the day and trade for DeAndre Hopkins, and I'd say, cool, who's playing quarterback? <laughs> who's playing quarterback? It's all that matters. Somebody asked me if like, I thought that definitively by the Falcons say, signing Taylor Heineke, it proves there's no world in which they're going to be in, end up in the Lamar Jackson market. No. I mean, almost all the quarterbacks that have signed, you, these teams shouldn't be out of the Lamar sweepstakes just because um, Lamar's so much better than... Well, yes, there's that, but I, I certainly at a certain financial commitment, it's impossible, right? right? Like, even the Garoppolo signing, there's no world in which you should be committed to Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. That's insane. That's signing up... I mean, especially, my God, in the AFC, holy F. Imagine making your financial commitment to Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's enough money that it probably has to take you out of the Lamar Jackson market. So the question becomes for the Falcons now. So obviously the Panthers are going to take a quarterback. Obviously the Texans, Texans are going to take a quarterback. The Colts at number four are almost certainly going to end up taking a quarterback. So the Cardinals don't – they're sitting at three. They don't need a quarterback. The Seahawks committed to Geno Smith, at least to an extent. I still think they'd be wise right. to draft a quarterback, but I don't think they'll do it at number five. Then behind that, the Lions probably have too much of a financial commitment to Jared Goff in order to be able to take a quarterback. But again, they, I, they could, and I probably would. I just don't think they will. The Raiders now with that commitment to Jimmy Garoppolo – if you're the Falcons, are you doing the math in your head? Well, like, look, there's only there's only three teams ahead of us that we know are taking a quarterback. So can we be confident that we can sit at number eight and get our quarterback? Well, the question is, is there a team behind them that targets Detroit and says, well, we've got to get ahead of 
the Raiders or the Falcons or the Raiders now shop the number seven pick and say, we got to get it. You know, if you want a quarterback, you got to get ahead of the Falcons. And does Washington, for example, fly in at the last minute and say, we like Anthony Richardson more than we like Sam Howell because I can't believe you dopes believe that we were just going to be this committed to Sam Howell and slide up to get ahead of the Falcons and leave the Falcons sitting there. They can say Taylor Heineke can be their backup plan all they want. If they don't want to win, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Imagine, like, it's just the saddest thing. God, I remember there being some sad quarterback competitions over the years in Baltimore. How sad is the thought of having to pay attention every day to Taylor Heineke versus Desmond Ritter? Imagine that. Look, man, I get it. it. Taylor Heineke somewhat exciting. No, it's not. Stop. Don't lie. I don't even think the Heineke signing takes them out of the Mars sweepstakes. It it damn well better not. I mean, I still think that they will take draft their quarterback, as I think what the Falcons will look to do. But if they can't get their quarterback in the draft, if the Panthers, Texans, and Colts all go quarterback in the top four and somebody else trades up ahead of the Falcons, the idea that Taylor Heineke would be what would block them from waking up the morning after the draft and saying, Huh. What did we do? Crap. What are we get? Stop it. Yeah, look at someone like Tennessee who looks like Tennessee. they're losing out on the Rodgers sweepstakes. And then in, in their division, someone like maybe Tampa. Right. And by the way, we're still waiting on that. Right, yeah. The, Trey Wingo jumping the gun yesterday saying it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all of it's hilarious how many Jets players just bought it hook, right. line, and sinker. Man, it's a good day to be a Jet. Yeah, right? <laughs> they were so happy. And then they're like, wait, what? I haven't heard Wingo in a while. I love I Trey I've, Wingo. He's a great dude. I don't know why he was suddenly dipping his toes into the reporting waters. That was a very strange bit for him. There's and this game did that, not work out well. There's a game that Dan Lobertar used to play. It was like superlatives. And one of them was Trey Wingo sounds like a three-piece wing deal at a Tex-Mex Yes, I'll, I'll buy that. I, but I like, I like Trey. Really enjoy Trey. He's a good dude. Just... That was not a good day for him yesterday. Not a good day. And again, Aaron Rodgers might very well still end up with the Jets. Like, I think if we were all betting, we'd probably bet that Aaron Rodgers will end up with the Jets. But imagine if tomorrow he announces he's retired. Now the Jets are right back into this conversation because they have missed out on everyone else. In fact, at that point, the Jets might be the desperate team. They might become the team that's willing to do something totally crazy at that point they got their extra first round picks the last couple of years they made them count why not go ahead and be the team that makes that move look man i don't know but we have to watch it play out i don't think that taylor heineke will have anything to do with whether the falcons ultimately end up being in on lamar jackson and as i keep saying as much as we want this thing to be over if i'm lamar jackson there's zero chance that i'm agreeing to anything less than what i asked for before the nfl draft I need to see who doesn't come away with a quarterback after the draft and who suddenly might look around and start feeling a little bit sweaty and do something they didn't want to do. And that hurts the Ravens because they'd like to get this thing done, figure out exactly what it's going to cost them, maybe still have some money left to spend on something, but that's the way it goes. You're hell-bent on trying to make this work at your price. You lose out on other things that you might want to do in the process. But that's the nature of the beast. And, again, it, it's just such an awkward conversation, man. It's just so tough. Like, I I was trying to do it yesterday with, with Jonas. We'll do a little bit of it today with Brian McFarland. Less of it. Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network will join us, and that will probably be almost entirely Lamar. But today with, with Brian, I'll try to do some non-Lamar things. But all I'm going to be thinking about is, 
Who cares? What does any of this matter? Like, we're just... The world without Lamar is the world where you're talking about a Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke quarterback competition in the fall. That's a lot to talk about, though. That's that's what you're dealing with. Where it's becoming abundantly clear you're not getting a quarterback until, you know... If somehow this meets its conclusion before the draft, I guess, I just... I don't know. I mean, it could. It could be that a team starts reading the tea leaves and realizing they're not getting ahead of the teams they need to get in order to get their quarterback, and then they try to force the issue. But if that's the case, that means their draft pick isn't ahead of the teams that are all going to take the quarterbacks. So you're not going to get your quarterback in the draft. So what are you coming back with next year? Crap. With Tyler Huntley and Hendon Hooker, that's your quarterback situation going into next year? And Hooker could and I be like good. Hunden, yeah. That's a funny thing. I, I like know. Hendon Hooker. I, you know, you, you just can't be your answer. Like feel better with Lamar Jackson. Well, it's that's not just that you feel better. You can't have Hendon Hooker be your answer at quarterback. You can't be betting on it. Like for a team that doesn't have an answer, you can roll the dice and say, hey, if it doesn't work out, we can dip back into the quarterback market a year from now. I mean, like the Falcons did that with Desmond Ritter, and we all believe they're going to dip back into the quarterback market. Um, you could do that if you want. Like, if you could try it with Hendon Hooker, but it's your way of sort of saying, we don't have an answer. We, we, we have no idea if we've got something or not. Awesome place to be. Super fun, happy times here as we continue to monitor what's going on in free agency. I feel like there was, oh, our buddy Bradley Bozeman is going back to Carolina. I love Bradley. That's um, I'm happy for him, and he got a three-year deal. So finally got a little financial stability after he had to settle for a one-year deal last year. That's our guy. Uh, we've been uh, friends for a long time and genuinely happy for him, honestly. Genuinely happy for him and uh, Nikki and their, uh, their new family as they had a kid. So uh, good stuff for them. All right, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Very quickly, we had a bunch of people get in. Thank you to those of you who heeded my warning, like Tim and Bel Air, like Ben in San Francisco, like Jordan, like... Uh, Griffin got in finally, like um, Griffin's buddy Sean. Who? What is that dude's deal? It was going on about trading J.K. Dobbins oh, or something it? like that. In the co- what? What is happening with that? Oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is that? He, he's he's not a big running backs fan. So you, okay, yeah. conversation for another day. He's also not a Patrick Queen fan. Uh, oh, oh, so you, that, that's why you've got to you've got to look cool in front of him. Got to yeah, got to look cool. Your buddy. <laughs> hey man, we're all in on this. We all hate him. Don't, trust me, we are weirdo. Uh, Dan Samp got in. John Proctor got in. Appreciate all of you. Uh, Paul from Ovilando got in, but we need more of you. We're not done yet. We need everybody else. Also, oh, uh, John, uh, John H. got in as well. We still have some room. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. But we need you guys to fill it, fin- finish it up, get it done with today. We get to tomorrow. I, I got enough yesterday that I'm not going to start calling you out by name. But if we get to tomorrow, I'll start calling you out by name. Andrew Stetka, 
Andrew Stetka. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to call people out by name. Andrew Stetka. Kyle Ottenheimer. But if I get to tomorrow, I'm going to start calling you out by name, Kyle Ottenheimer. You understand that? Not going to do it today. I'm still going to give you time to do the right thing and get into the bracket contest. But tomorrow, if you don't, Kyle Ottenheimer, I'm going to call you out by name, Kyle Ottenheimer, which I'm not going to do today, Andrew Stecka. Got it? You understand? Get in. 20 bucks. Then Momi, uh, Glenn Clark, or Glenn-Clark, PayPal, Glenn Clark 180, or Cash App, Glenn Clark Radio. Half of the pot goes to Show Your Soft Side, a wonderful animal charity. They are the best. We love working with them. Incredible, incredible things that they do. The other half of the pot will go to the winner. Very simple. I've got, we're going to get the 20. I know we're going to get the 25, but I'll go a little bit beyond that. I'm not going past 50 because I want everybody to have a chance. So I, we do want to raise money for charity, but we also want everybody to have a chance. Get in today, hit me up, and then email me, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. Let me know that you got in. I'll get you into the bracket contest. That's the way that it works. Cool? Capiche? Cool. And again, remember, tomorrow I'll call you out by name, Paul Valley. Got it? Not today. Not today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's when we do it. Joining us now, uh, let's talk a little bit more about what the Ravens have done. Some more news today related to Kevin Zeitler, where they are cap-wise as we move towards 4 p.m. tomorrow. He is our friend from Russell Street Report, Mr. Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. He's Brian McFarlane, and he's back with us here on GCR. Brian, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good, Glenn. How are you this morning? All right, brother. So I, let me start with this, because you and I talked on the radio show the other day, and I always assumed that this was going to get figured out with Calais Campbell by tacking on an extra year. What does it tell you that it didn't happen that way? Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought the same. I thought he would, as I've called it, the partial Yonda treatment, where Yonda got a year tacked on for several years in a row while he, you know, entered the you know latter part of his career. So what it tells me is they want that set. They want the whole seven million in cap space. Um, it, it it is a situation where they could always revisit it later. Um, obviously, Lamar signs an extension. Uh, perhaps lowering that cap number creates a little more cap space for uh, to have um, you know to have Calais around again. It, it and it could honestly also mean that Calais is not real happy with with the status of the Ravens roster and with the quarterback up in the air. And he's got limited years. And you know if he thinks even if Lamar is here on the franchise tag and Lamar doesn't show up till you know, till August and it doesn't with a new coordinator. And, uh, you know, that doesn't ring real. I like a really great situation for Calais. He could have said, you know, I, you know, I want to look at other opportunities. I want to find a team that I feel has, you know, true, you know, un- unencumbered, maybe we'll say yeah. um, Super Bowl aspirations. That's the way it read to me, Brian, was just like, I can't fathom the Ravens wouldn't have at least attempted to do that. But if I'm Calais, it's say. Hey, no offense, I love it here. I don't think this is a problem with Calais Campbell. I love it here, but this is the end of my career. I have yeah. to try to win a Super Bowl. If there's any chance that Lamar is not going to be here, then I don't believe you have a chance to win a Super Bowl next year. Look, I don't know if they have a chance with Lamar, but like you know, if you don't have Lamar, I don't think there's any chance in hell. I can't right. do that at this point in my career, and I don't, you know, I don't think anybody could blame him if that's the case. No, and I think the Ravens would, would you know, and I think the Ravens have always been very accommodating with right. guys. 
Um, so, and certainly, a, you know, respected veteran like Calais. So, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I think that's probably, you know, part of that equation for sure. And if he doesn't find the right spot or yep. doesn't find the right money, you know, a month from now, or, you know, maybe they revisit it and bring him back. Uh, and, or if for some reason this thing with, gets fin- figured out with Lamar pretty quickly, right? And then you can yeah, sort of go absolutely. from there. Uh, Brian, obviously some more news with uh, apparently Kevin Zeitler redid the deal. Take me through exactly where they are, not only headed towards the, the start of the new year tomorrow, and you kind of explained something to us about how the Chuck Clark thing doesn't even count then, so they got to be under it even before they get Chuck Clark, and then where they are with money either for ultimately doing a deal for Lamar or let's go crazy here like maybe exploring signing a football player at some point. <laughs> right, right. So right now, um, they, before, I mean, at, at this point with Chuck Clark, uh, you kind of hanging in the balance, so to speak, his cap number, they're about, about 7.7 million under um, as of 4 o'clock tomorrow or, or whenever the trade is completed at 401 or whatever it might be. Um, then they will, they will get another, uh, so that will move them up to about t- uh, 10.3. So that's kind of their starting point. Now they have some guys, you know, they had a bunch of restricted free agents. We've not heard anything on tenders. Tenders are probably a little expensive for a lot of these guys. So, but they've had in the past, they've re-signed them to lesser deals to lower that number, get, you know, keep them around for a year or two. Um, so you guys got the uh, Geno Stone, uh, going to be a valuable backup safety, obviously. Um, t- uh, Tyler Huntley, obviously, right now there's you know Anthony Brown is the only quarterback technically on the roster, yeah. um, and Nick Moore, your long snapper, he's not going to get a restricted free agent tender because that would be way more than a long snapper makes. But that's the thing where they've done in the past with Morgan Cox, they would do a three year deal for a lesser number and bring him back. So I think we'll hear about some of those over the next day or so. Um, and you know, so that's where they are. You know, they they saved about. Uh, a little over seven million on the restructures and adding the void years to uh, Gus Edwards' deal, who did take a million dollar pay cut, uh, and Kevin Zeitler's deal, and he he did not take a pay cut. They just moved the counting, moved numbers around to make it work, and adding the void years to lower his cap number. But is it enough again? So like once they get past tomorrow, and once they get the Chuck Clark, is it all money that you kind of have to hold because you're again trying to get a, de- a deal done with Lamar, or to protect yourself should you have to match an offer sheet, or is there dollars there that let's just say hypothetically they were interested in Adam Thielen, they could have a couple of dollars to spend on something and still feel comfortable with where they are as far as trying to make things work with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have the ten million in cap space, so they, uh, but they have, they will have to make space at some point. Otherwise, um, you've got your, you've got your uh, practice squad players, uh, you've got to have injury replacement money uh, down the road. So it, when I do my what I call my effective cap space, there's still about five million in the hole just to get to September. Um, so they're going to need to create space now. They can. Um, you know, but if they restructure about eight different guys with just simple restructures, which is just through the length of their deals, they can create about 26 to 27 million in cap space. That's guys like Stanley and Humphrey, uh, Roquan Smith, um, uh, uh, Andrews and, and some others. 
Now, those are just simple restructures, which is what they've always done. They haven't used void years in the past. If they tackle on void years to those, they can create a lot more. So they're in decent position, one, to create cap space to do other things. It's just a matter of how far they want to eat into future cap space. And they're in good place to um, to match any offer for, for Lamar. And like I said, there's that 26. You, you have to consider, too, Lamar already counts 32 on the right. cap. So if somebody's going to put together a, um, you know, a cap number in that first year of 50 million, they've got the ability to get there. So, um, so it may be, a, yeah, unfortunately, it may be a sit and wait kind of thing, right? Because you got you can't really go and go and go crazy right now and then not have that flexibility. Let me let me ask it this way: on their side, look, I've said before, um, I. I have thought there is always the chance that this could get to the point where Lamar just sort of says, guys, if I get an offer sheet, don't match it because I'm going to make your life miserable. I don't want to be here, right? Like, And I don't have any reason to think that's the case. It's just possible, right? Outside of that, the, the concern that a team could structure a deal in a way that it could become poisonous to the chance of the Ravens not being able to match it is what you're feeling now related to where they are with the cap, that if they truly are hell-bent on Lamar Jackson being their quarterback, they have protected themselves from there being any risk of there being a contract offered that's so front-loaded that they would be screwed out of the opportunity to match it. Yes, I think that's the case. And I think by using the void years, which they've never done in the past, they're also showing other teams that we're willing to go you, you, into whatever measure necessary um, to get this to get this done um, and to match anything that's a, you know don't even bother because we're going to match. So I think that's what the, I think that's what these moves by adding these void years, which aren't haven't been terrible so far, but um, you know they are that they are going to add you know six million six plus million onto the cap next year's cap, unfortunately, in dead money. But, uh, you know, so they haven't gone crazy, but they're because they have bigger guys, bigger fish that they could do that with. Right. So they certainly have, I think, but by doing it, they're showing the league, we're going to, you know, we're willing to do things we haven't done in the past. Yeah. Don't to, don't you know, bother. Don't bother. Don't bother. Yeah, basically. Right. Which, yeah. which which probably has a lot to do with why the market has seemed the way that it is to this point. And of course, that always can change at any point the team that gets that strikes out in the nfl draft could maybe try to start try to say hey we'll do a deal you match it and then we could try to trade for lamar like there's always a way that this could still not end up the way that that lamar jacks the quarterback but to your point i do think it's relevant that without saying it so publicly the moves they're making smell an awful lot like them saying look we're lamar's going to be here we're not going to allow this to happen come hell or high water so move along figure out what else you're going to do at the quarterback position because we're not allowing Lamar Jackson to leave Baltimore yeah I, I think that's exactly what what's what I think that's what their actions say I think that's what their words have said um and I, I think as you said I think the seemingly lack of interest around the league is based on why go you know why go negotiate an offer sheet and, and create a contract for the Ravens um, when and just waste our time doing so, and we're not going to end up with Lamar anyway. Uh, it's it's a it's a very fair point. Is there anything else, Brian McFarland, that we should be aware of? Again, centered specifically surrounding the new year and anything like at this point, it doesn't seem like anybody else is going to be gone. Correct? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, Devin Duvernay, you know, is one that probably has a little higher cap number. 
But right now, the lack of receivers, um, I would think, probably saves him. I think some of these other moves, you know, if Calais Campbell was going to be here, then you might need that cap space. But yeah. that $7 million from Calais makes a, a big difference uh, and saves him. I mean, you know, the only other guy I can think of, because, you know, um, perhaps Pierce was on the hook, you know, but he redid his deal. And with Calais gone, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, Patrick Ricard would be another one, maybe depending upon what they feel his role in the new offense will be. And if, if a fullback is, is less important than, you know, you, you can maybe get by with a lesser fullback. I think he might be somewhat of a luxury maybe. Um, but, but I'm not, but that's not a huge cap savings anyway. So I, I don't know that that would be the case. And I guess so, the question, no, I think, right. why, I think why, everybody who's here is going to be here for I, now. I mean, if for some reason, to your point, if for some reason something were to pop up, like the opportunity to do something were to pop up, then maybe some of these things could change. But at the moment, yes. I, I think that that's a, that makes all the sense in the world. At Raven yeah. Salary Cap on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. And RussellStreetReport.com is where you can see all of his outstanding work. Brian McFarland, uh, you and I are making this a regular thing these days. Maybe we'll chat again in like 48 hours. <laughs> Appreciate you, my good, friend. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Sure. Take care. Bye. Brian McFarland with us here on GCR. Yeah, I think that part of it, what he's saying, you know, kind of, again, trying to read through the tea leaves of the Ravens saying, look, we're going to protect ourselves from the poisonous situation that we have speculated about seems significant. That the Ravens have put themselves in a position with the moves they've made and with the moves they still can make to say, even if you guys think that you can screw us by crazy front-loading a deal, we've protected ourselves and we've put ourselves in a position where that ain't going to happen. And by the way, that is possibly a factor in the Calais Campbell situation too where they say nah they're going to count dead space against the camp no matter what and I don't know if I'd buy that I have to think that through a little bit more but where they just say don't waste your time whatever you do with an offer sheet even if you try to go crazy and front load it we're going to clear our space and we're going to make it work and we're going to match it no matter what So what we've said is that maybe it would make sense for teams to say, well, I don't want to get in, but you could if you really wanted Lamar Jackson. If your options were going to be Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter, there was room to criticize the Falcons and say, dude, go crazy. Put out a wild front-loaded deal. Go get Lamar Jackson. Well, the Falcons internally might be saying to themselves, we explored that too, and it was made abundantly clear to us that even if we went that route, the Ravens were going to match it. So what the hell are we doing here? Now the question becomes, again, the wild card would be fully guaranteed. Are the Ravens willing to do this up to fully guaranteed? Because I'll still come back to the same thing. If you're Lamar Jackson and that's what you're hell-bent about, you keep waiting. You wait until after the draft. If the Ravens are announcing, we're just going to match no matter what, well then why wouldn't that deal have been done already? They want to bring the market down. They want to depress the market. Understandably so. That would seem to benefit them. But if Lamar Jackson has dug his heels in and said, I'm not going to do it, then it allows for only one team to change course and say, well, we didn't want to do this. We didn't want to go fully guaranteed. 
But if that's what it requires after we got past the draft and we didn't get our quarterback, well, then we'll do it. And maybe at that point the Ravens would say, okay, well, if we have to, we'll do that too. Maybe that's all they needed is one other team to say it, and then they would do it too. But it is interesting when Brian points that out and says, look, the moves they're making suggest, come hell or high water, they're matching. Don't get in. We're matching. The only question is on the opposite side. Does at some point Lamar Jackson say, don't match? Don't. I'm done here. Uh, John uh, asked, did you see Josina Anderson's report that Lamar Jackson will be playing on the tag salary? Not sure how she knows that for sure, though. That's actually not what she said, John. She said he would play on the salary cap, on the uh, franchise tag. So that, what that does, if true, if true, it takes off the table the scenario, again, one of these wild scenarios that we had discussed where maybe Lamar is so hell-bent about this that he just says, I'm sitting out the year. Now, what it doesn't do is tell us, even, again, first of all, is it true or not? You know, that can change. Today, Lamar Jackson could say, well, but you think I'm going to sit out and skip on $32 million this year? I ain't going to do that. But if somebody gets in his ear in a month and says, don't play for $32 million. It's below market value. Tell them they either have to give you $45 million or you're not playing. That it reserves He reserves the right to change his mind during the course of the process. But it would be at least comforting to know that if nothing happens, there is belief that Lamar Jackson is not going to go crazy, not going to try to force the issue, and is going to play. When would he show up? You know, that those are all different conversations and different questions that we wouldn't have the answer to until we get closer to it. Boy, it would be nice if we didn't have to keep... Do- Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Betfred is Maryland's newest sports book and is now up and running just in time for March Madness. Bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for Betfred specials and other great sign-up deals. We'll come back in, and we will talk some March Madness. Patrick Stevens joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season let's go o's 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in IT and cybersecurity. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. IT and cybersecurity are growing fields that can provide a stable income and job security. With CCBC's IT and cybersecurity programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these exciting fields. Call us at 443-840-2222 or visit ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC IT and cybersecurity. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcast so tune into the bat around with paul valley and zach goodman every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, we continue on. I, this is probably a very nice person, Antoine. There's nothing that's that's funnier to me in my life than when somebody, for no reason, decides they think they're telling you something on Twitter, like that they think they know something that for some reason they need to share with somebody else. So one one of these uh, tweets that we sent out that, that Brian McFarland just said, Antoine responded, they can still get twenty six point six million and other restructures as well to end up with thirty, which of course is exactly what Brian McFarland just said, and he got that information almost certainly. From Brian McFarlane. <laughs> Twitter's a magical place, man. It is a magical, magical place. Hey, the print issue of Pressbox is available right now. On the cover, you see Gunnar Henderson. Great story from Luke Jackson all about the favorite to win Rookie of the Year in the American League. Go pick it up right now at uh, your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. Gunnar Henderson on the cover of the new print issue of Pressbox. NCAA tournament technically gets underway tonight. Obviously, the round of 64 on Thursday afternoon kicks off with Maryland, West Virginia at 12.15. Joining us as he does every Tuesday, he is our friend Patrick Stevens from the Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. He is with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm well, Glenn. How are you today? I'm all right. Tell me what it is that they got right and what they got wrong about the brackets. 
I thought it was a pretty cut and dry bracket for the most part. Uh, I thought Texas A and M was was underseeded by a line or two. Um, I, I had them as the last four. Uh, the committee had them as the as the best of the seven seeds. I mean, I, I thought their their profile was at worst a five seed. So th- I think Texas A and M probably has as big a gripe as anybody. Um, but if we're sitting here and that's the biggest gripe that we that we're discussing. Uh, then the committee probably did a pretty decent job of it. I mean, the last spot in the field went to Nevada over Oklahoma State. I kind of thought the committee would go in Oklahoma State's direction there and maybe kind of get fooled by the the strength of the Big 12 and all that stuff. I mean, they went 9-11 and 11 against Big 12 teams this year, 6-12 uh, and 12 in quad one games. And the committee basically said, well, it's nice that you had all those quad one wins, but you also had all those quad one losses and didn't take advantage of your opportunities as efficiently as a Nevada that went four and five in those games. So no real issues with the committee doing that. I mean, frankly, I'd rather see Nevada play a first four game this week than Oklahoma State or some other power conference team that finished under 500 in their league anyway. So, you know, I I think that the Texas A&M thing is probably the one thing that stands out, but beyond that, tough to really have too many quibbles with this particular committee essentially saying it's not not just playing the games that matters like saying that you had two quad one wins because you went two and 13 against quad one teams shouldn't yeah. alone be enough and, to get you in and, and let's go ahead and point something else out here too you know oklahoma state went nine and 11 against big 12 teams eight and 10 in the regular season and they split two conference tournament games when you take out the two worst teams oklahoma and texas tech they were 4-11 and against the rest of the league. They swept Iowa State and picked off a couple other teams along the way. So it's not as if it was the most overwhelmingly impressive team. Uh, you know, It had its chances. It had three cracks at Texas. It had multiple shots at Baylor and Kansas and Kansas State and, and everybody in West Virginia and only ended up with, with four victories against that cohort, the two against Iowa State and then a couple others. So, uh, you know tough for them but they they certainly had more chances that were just sort of built into their schedule uh than than a team like a nevada did obviously probably didn't help that they had lost to southern illinois in the first week of the season probably didn't help that they lost in overtime to central florida probably didn't help that they lost in that barclays center event to virginia tech and on down the line there's a bunch of close losses that they had uh and a handful of not so close losses that they had Uh, and at the end of the day you know, they're a great defensive team, not a very good offensive team. Uh, and ultimately, you know, I, I don't have any issues with them being left out. I don't have issues with Rutgers and its four right. quad three losses being left out. don't have issues with North Carolina and its lone quad one win being left out. Or Clemson and its loss to Louisville and Ugh. Loyola Chicago and its Ugh. 334th non-conference strength of schedule being left out. Yeah, none of those. None of, the, none of those. None of that should be in the NCAA tournament. I can't agree with you anymore. All right, uh, Patrick, Maryland draws West Virginia. Obviously a disappointing stretch, losing three out of four, probably a bit, a bit too much settling for, for threes at times recently, but none of that matters. They've got a game in front of them. What should we expect? I'm guessing another dogfight against West Virginia. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Excuse me. This is not the sort of press Virginia team. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like the last, like the last time that Maryland and West Virginia played in the tournament eight years ago, uh, but it is a solid West Virginia team. They're nineteen and fourteen. They were they were a team that was under five hundred in the Big Twelve as well. They went seven and eleven in the league. 
But they did finish fairly strong. They beat Iowa State and Kansas State the last week of the season. They had a tremendous metrics along the way. You know, you look at what they did in non-conference play. They, they roasted Pitt early on. Uh, didn't do a whole lot else. Uh, although they did get UAB at home, which was a nice victory. Struggled a bit in January. And then kind of muddled through to, to the end. They're, they're a good team, not a great team. Uh, and it's a winnable game for Maryland. It is not going to be an easy game for Maryland. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that's sort of what you get when you get yourself into an 8-9 game, a, a scenario where you're facing a team that's flawed but certainly capable of beating you. It feels like if for some reason they were to be able to win that game, the next one does not come off to me as a winnable game for Maryland. <laughs> it's not an ideal situation, and Maryland has already been on the wrong end of, uh, of an Alabama yeah. blitz. Uh, in the tournament in the last few years. And so if you catch Alabama on a day where they're knocking down threes left and right, you really don't have much hope. The thing for, for, for Alabama is you can't realistically expect them to do that six times in a row. Uh, you figure once, maybe twice over those six games that they'll have one of those games where they just hit every shot in sight and that's that. And, and you have to hope that that's not the day that you catch them. Uh, but to have to basically play a road game in the round of 32 against Alabama is not an ideal situation. You know, I, I was thinking that Maryland was going to get matched up in an 8-9 game with an Arkansas or an Auburn, one of those super athletic SEC teams like Alabama, and that would have been a tough go right there. Uh, but to have to deal with Alabama in a second-round game would be even harder. And so you know, I feel like it, it's going to be a really, really tough ask for Maryland uh, to be playing in the second weekend of the tournament this year. Yeah, it seems almost impossible. But again, crazy things have happened, and there's a reason they play the tournament anyway. And Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. And and as you and I have talked about in the last couple of weeks, it, I, I, it's wrong for me to say like they're playing with house money because like they're going to play the games. They want to win them anyway. And there's some guys whose careers, either by force or by choice, are not going to continue past this NCAA tournament, and clearly they're not sitting there saying, well, hey, the results don't matter. But I think, you know, the big-picture perspective is that it doesn't even really matter if they lose on Thursday. Like, this this was a successful season, and there's reason for encouragement about where the program is going, and no one actually believes they're capable of making a Final Four run anyway. So does it really make all that much of a difference if they lose on Thursday to West Virginia or get, you know, blitzed on Saturday by Alabama? I don't know that it does. I, I think you certainly feel a little bit better about yourself if you win one game in a tournament. I mean, and that is something that Maryland has largely made a habit of doing over the years. There's not too many of those one and outs. They had the, they had, what was it against Xavier, was it, that they went one and out yeah, in a tournament, yeah. like a 6-11 game under Turgeon? But I think that was the only one and done that they had under him. They didn't go one and done very often under Gary Williams. They had the College of Charleston Santa year Clara, in right. 90s. Seven, I think it was. Yeah. You know, they had a Santa Clara in there too. So, you know, it it it, it has happened. But th- there's something to be said for at least going to the tournament, winning a game, feeling a little good about yourself as the as the season ends. That's it. Uh, and we talked about this, I think, last week. Y- you want you give the exact scenario that Maryland's in right now. They're an eight seed. They won what 21 games, um, and you, you offer that on November 1st. I think everybody. Yep. signs up for that. Yep. You know, no I think it, everybody says that's a good year. Doesn't even matter how you get there. It could have been it could have been a year where you were awesome and and started 15 and 0 
and then struggled down the stretch. It could have been a year where you came on strong and had an awesome February. It could have been a year where you won some road games. It could have been a year where you did what you did, where you basically didn't win road games. Doesn't matter. Like it, it, that scenario with that roster on November 1st, I think Maryland's signing up for that and saying, let's just move along with the program from here. So I, I don't think that you can be disappointed if you're Maryland uh, for much more than a day or two if you happen to get run off the floor this weekend down in Burnley. All right, let's cover a couple things big picture-wise with the tournament. One, give me a player that maybe most of the country has not seen that they're going to get a chance to see this week and you think they're going to greatly enjoy watching play. Well, I could give you a name that, that's a blast from the past, which is Max Aismas from, from Oral Roberts. Oh, wow, saw yeah. A couple years ago. Yeah. You know, he's still there. and He's going to take on Duke. Uh, he and Oral Roberts will be taking on Duke, obviously. Right, right. Uh, so, so that's... That's a that's one name that, that stands out to me that, that you'll have to you'll certainly have to be aware of. Um, trying to think of a few others. That's actually a, a really good question, a really good way of framing this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and give you another one in a 5-12 game. Uh, Tucker DeVries, uh, the guard who won the Larry Bird Award as the best player in the Missouri Valley this mm-hmm. year. Uh, the son of the son of Darian DeVries, the coach at Drake. Uh, so that that's a guy to keep an eye on as the Bulldogs take on Miami in the uh, in Albany in the first round. Uh, and as for maybe another name to, to, to toss out there, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else I got here. That's probably a good enough answer, right? Yeah, absolutely. You answered the question quite well. Here, here's, 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 here's one more for you. Okay. Uh, point, guard, point guard capable of leading a 13 seed to an upset in the first round. Sincere carry has been the best player in the Mid-American Conference okay. over the last two years. He's going to lead Kent State into a first-round game against Indiana, a team that is very capable of being knocked off in a one-and-done situation. Mm, it's so funny you bring that up because I've, I have flirted between Indiana can lose in the first round and Indiana can make the Final Four. Like I have been between those two things, but I feel like I'm more strongly feeling – no, this is the NCAA tournament. Of course the Big Ten teams are all going to disappoint. What in the world are you thinking, believing that Indiana could make a run to the Final Four? I, I have zero faith in any teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. I, think, I think Purdue will make the second weekend. Uh, and beyond that, I, I have zero faith whatsoever that we're looking at anything other than the other seven teams going something like three and seven this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you, have four of, you have four of them that are cl- – four or five of them that are clustered into that Seven, eight, nine, ten range. So it's almost built in for them to get knocked out. And then you have Indiana. I, I just, you know, I've seen almost all these teams in person. I, I, I don't have much faith, and I certainly don't have much faith based on the last couple marches when they've been massive disappointments in the postseason as well. So, you know, you're you're not going to get me to pump up a Big Ten team here uh, heading into the tournament whatsoever. I want to I want to buy into Penn State too, just because like I've seen enough of them recently. But no, I can't. I can't. Oh, do the, you know the. Here, here's the problem with Penn State. Penn State just played four games in four days. Yep. And now they're getting shipped out to Des Moines to play a Thursday game against the most underseeded team in the field in Texas A&M. I mean, like, they're, they're basically playing a five seed as a ten at, rather than a seven. Um, like, they, they, have been, they have been given a really, really tough draw. And it would not surprise me at all if there just is not a whole lot of gas in the tank. Although, in fairness, Texas A&M just got done playing three games in three days and played on Sunday as well. That's true. But I, I just I, I just thought that that was, uh, you know, when I saw that pop up, kind of felt bad for the Nittany Lions because they do play really well, 
and they have been playing exceptionally over the last month or so. But but you do have to wonder how much how much is left there for that group after they played as much as they did uh, in that Big Ten tournament. One, give me one or two games in the first round that you would say you know clear clear whatever. Make sure this is the one that you have on during that window. These are the, the games that are most worthy of viewing in the first two round or the first two days of the tournament. Let me see if I can give you one game in each bracket. Okay. How's that? All right, I like that one, a lot. One, one game in each bracket that, that's worth making sure you're paying attention to. Uh, San Diego State and Charleston no in the South bracket. Yeah. Charleston, 31-3. and three. San Diego State, great defense. Um, I think that one's going to be a fabulous game. Uh, when you look in the Midwest bracket, I'm going to give you a sneaky game here. I think, and, and this could turn out to be a blowout, but I also think it's the double-digit seed that I like the most. Uh, like the, as in the deep double digit seed, like a 13, 14, 15. Kennesaw State Whoa. taking on Xavier in Greensboro. I think Kennesaw State, a group that's been together, they're tough as nails. Uh, Atlantic Sun champions four years ago in Amir Abdur Rahim's first season, they won one game. This is their 18th, 17th or 18th year in Division One. It's their first winning season. He's had this group that he's kind of pieced together here over the last three years. It's it's an old school team that's been developed together and grown up together. Uh, I don't know if they can quite keep pace with Xavier, but if they can, they're going to be uh, a real, real bear for the Musketeers. Uh, defensively, I think that they'll be able to hang in there reasonably well. Uh, in the West bracket, uh, I'm going to go ahead and offer you up, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I actually like that Northwestern Boise State game. Okay. Uh, good guard game there uh, in a 7-10 matchup. And then in the East, uh, the game I'm going to give you, I'll, I'll, I'll wimp out and give you an 8-9 game here, Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Uh, Memphis playing really, really well, having just won the American Athletic. And Florida Atlantic has 30 wins to yep. its credit, and Dusty May is a guy that is probably going to be coaching at a power conference school near you sometime soon. Not like Maybe that. not necessarily near you, right. but a power <laughs> conference school sometime in the near future. Right. So. Very well done. I, 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 that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, before we get to our game, there's two other notes uh, related to hoops. One, um, Nick Timberlake is in the portal. What could Nick Timberlake bring to a power conference school? There's a report yesterday that, for example, Maryland has reached out to Nick Timberlake. Well, there's a good, re- there's good reason for people to want to reach out to Nick Timberlake. I mean, you look at what he did over the course of his season and his career at Towson, and, and there is a lot to like. I mean, this is a guy that scored about 1,500 points. He was a guy that, that shot better than 40% from three the last two years. It's not hard to imagine yep. what's at, at minimum. That's a guy that can go space the floor for you um, and knock down some outside shots on a good team. It, it's also plausible that a guy like that, who's 23 years old or whatever he is, uh, could basically roll in and, and be a guy that averages 12 or 13 points a game on a decent team, uh, depending on what a team's need is. I mean, that that is a dude that probably could have done this last year if he wanted to and could have been playing at, at a high major level this season and instead came back along with Charles Thompson and Cam right. Holton and gave it another run. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's a, a high upside to him as one of these older guys using the COVID year uh, and being able to do that at a high level. We just saw Jameer Young come in and do what he did at, at Maryland. That kind of guy, you know, we saw Jalen Pickett over the last few yep. years at Penn State yep. do that sort of thing. And so I, I don't, I'm not saying Nick Timberlake is going to be like a, uh, an all Big Ten guy or something like that, but he would be a really valuable piece for a lot of high major teams. And then the Georgetown job. 
What do you make of it? Who do you think is really in the mix? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, there's just so much there to unpack. And I don't, I don't know who's in it. You know, you could sit there and say, oh, well, you know, Rick Pitino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that Rick Pitino is the guy that Georgetown is going to want to hire. Uh, just based on, on how they kind of view themselves, kind of, you know, what they view as, as, as what is presentable for Georgetown, this, that, and uh, so I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, what I, what I, the other thing I don't know is I don't know how much they're going to try to move away from doing business the way that they've done it for the last 50 years. And it is a program that is very much, uh, a little antiquated, I think is a good way of putting it. it, it it's, it's just, you know, there's, there's got to be some change there. And if they're intent on doing things the exact same way they've always been doing it with the same people having a hand in it behind the scenes as has always been done, or as at least recently been done or however you want to put it. Yep. If it's, if you, if the only thing you're changing is the coach, your results will get a little better because you know, God bless Patrick Ewing, but he wasn't a very good college yes, basketball. It was disastrous. Yeah. But you're not you're not going to fix the underlying problems if that's all you do. And your pool of candidates just isn't going to be as large if you're not willing to basically basically hit the reset button and 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 give it a completely new look. So I'll be curious about that, you know. And I I don't think we'll necessarily have those answers for real until sometime much further beyond, say, uh, a, a press conference the last week of March or the first week of April. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this player has played for? Um, this was one that I couldn't believe I had missed in, in coming over guys that qualified, and again, it, it's because I didn't realize he tacked on two more teams last year in order to make it. Uh, we think he's probably done, but you just never know. Two-time All-Star, World Series champ, Cy Young winner, five teams for Dallas Keuchel. Well, <coughs> he was with Houston. Of course. And he was with the White Sox. Of course. And he was with Atlanta. Most certainly. And now the question is, where did he make a couple of starts last year? Because <laughs> i got to be where? honest, I remember neither one. Hmm. Well, and when I say a couple, one of them literally was two. Okay, um, Dallas Keuchel last season surfacing. Do I remember him vaguely surfacing with the Pirates? Not the Pirates, no. Not the Pirates. No. Okay, and how about how about uh, how about the Twins? No, I look. I remember zero of any of this. He made literally two starts with the Texas Rangers. And he made four starts with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I remembered okay. neither of those either. So let me give you one. Again, we believe probably done in the major since he is headed back to Asia. Four teams for uh, a man who I didn't realize was only an all-star once, but twice finished in the top 15 of MVP voting. Four teams for Shin Su Chu. Texas. Cincinnati. That's That was the tough one for me. I did not remember Cincinnati. Huh. Was he in Cleveland? Most certainly, for seven years, in fact. And then the question is, where did he begin his career? Another one that I struggled with, but for some reason remembered, uh, playing 14 games over part of two seasons before he, he got to Cleveland. Was, I don't know, was he in, 
Was he in Colorado? It was Seattle. Seattle was where. Yeah, he I don't. I don't, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that one was trickier. All right, sir. I'm assuming uh, you're not headed anywhere this week. No, I, you. I will probably be in Charlottesville for some Maryland okay. Virginia lacrosse. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Obviously, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I, look, it was a tough one for Loyola Town at Duke on Friday. It sure was. It, it sure uh, was. It was. It was. T- it was time to start writing pretty early in that. Shoo. That was uh, that was not a great trip for the Greyhounds. Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course is, of course, how you follow him. Uh, Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. Always appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? Awesome, Glenn. Take care. It's Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Yeah, rough, rough week for the Greyhounds. Rough, rough week. Making that trip down to Duke. Duke's really good, man. They are really, really good. Notre Dame looks really good early on in the season. Penn State looks really good early on in the season. Virginia, obviously, is in the mix. And Maryland, will, I think, still be fine. They they lost to Notre Dame in triple overtime or whatever it was. I think Maryland will be okay. But, man, Duke looks good, dude, which I hate. I hate saying those words. I saw this this tweet, You're by the way. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. Yeah, I, no, and I saw it. It's so funny. That. It's so funny because I was having this conversation with my buddy Bruce Raffle, um, who was at Baltimore Beatdown for years, and uh, it is, I, I, we go to the same gym. He actually works there. And so I see him regularly, and I was talking about this. Uh, Seth Davis, these, there's no way these numbers can be right, but Seth Davis tweeted out, over the last 20 tourneys, 60% of Final Four teams have been one seeds, 32% have been twos, and 18% have been seeded five or below. Now, again, I don't know everything, but 60 plus 32 <laughs> plus 18, every time I do it, comes out to 110. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. There's... So let me start with that. <laughs> That can't be right. It also means there have literally been no three or four seeds that have made the Final Four over the last 20 tournaments. I, I can't that definitively can't prove right. that's incorrect, but... I'm just going to about a random year. It, it seems like there's no way that that's <laughs> been the case. I mean, I I refuse to believe it. I don't... I think there's something wrong with Seth... Far be it from me, Seth Davis is a very smart man, the son of a lawyer. He's a very accomplished uh, broadcaster and writer. I think he's got a new book. We should probably poke around. I think he's got a new book out about Sister Jean. Um, so we should probably reach out about that and see if we can get Seth Davis on during the tournament. I don't want to poke any holes at Seth Davis whatsoever. But again, the math definitely does not work. And secondarily, I am really struggling with the idea that there hasn't been a single three or four seed that's made the tournament in 20 years. But... We're going to put our crack research team on it. Get Re- on it. You guys, you can find that out. If it's if it's true, it's definitely going to make me think twice about putting together my bracket. Yes? Did you mm, find something? So it's specific to the last 20 years? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I just have all the years uh, up right now. Trying to find uh, final four 20. teams? Yeah. Well, okay, I have well, a percentage of, so the four. Oh, I, that's, yeah. uh, that's not going to help me. I need I need 20 years to see if there's been a three or a four seed that's made it. The, it's By the way, it it's possible because I can't definitively prove it wrong. It just seems unlikely. That's all. It seems unlikely that that's the case. The moral of the story being what he was trying to suggest was the safest strategy for picking your final four in your bracket was to pick two number one seeds, one number two, and a team that's seated fifth or below. 2017, number three, Oregon. Yeah. Yep, there you 2018, go. number three, Michigan. 2019, number three, Texas Tech. So it seems like a three seed goes every tw- year. 2013 so, uh, was Michigan and Syracuse, a three and a four. So I, I think the Is this the worst tweet in like, the history of tweet, Twitter? Pick, pick a one, pick a three, pick a four. Like what? What is this tweet? 
And then pick a wild card low number. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, About 2008, all four number ones made it. I, I'm so confused. 2011, number three UConn won. Yeah. <laughs> this is the number three Florida in 2006. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> Just Syracuse number three. This 2003. But I brought this up <laughs> to ask the question of my my friend Bruce. Do you have a five seater lower in your final four? And he was like, Yeah, I do. And I'm like, It's Duke, isn't it? And he was like, Of course it is. And I was like, Son of a bitch. I'm picking Marquette over them. I, I am too. Yeah. I pick Mar. I definitely have Duke beating Purdue, but I definitely pick Marquette over Duke. But like, I have Memphis beating Purdue. That's my big pick. Okay, I can see that happening. I don't. Eh, I don't think I have Memphis beating Florida Atlantic for what it's worth. I mean, so. that that's, what, that's like, why this hey. is so fun. That, yes, <laughs> correct. That is true. And by the way, look the hell. What the hell do I know? For the record, I don't know anything. I just changed my Final Four listening to Patrick Stevens because I was flirting with having Indiana in the Final Four, but I have struggled with it. Like, I went through and I had Indiana in the Final Four, and they're like, what am I doing? This is the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament. They're all going to lose the first weekend. Uh, What's wrong with me? When he was talking about the A&M Penn State matchup, so, uh, so, so my neighbor who makes the chili, yes. big Penn State fan. Yes, so Ben's you know, chili bowl. <laughs> Your neighbor's name Ben, right? No, no, uh, Gwen. Uh, Gwen. Gwen's chili bowl. That works even better. I love it. Gwen's chili bowl. So big Penn State fans, so, you know, paying attention to the Big Ten tournament over the weekend, and then finally selection Sunday, so they're real excited. I'm like, yeah, Penn State's probably you think she a would You think she would make a half smoke for us? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still on the chili <laughs> thing. You think she would make a half smoke for us? I mean, I, I can only ask. God so. damn, I love I mean, it's gonna cause some bathroom time at some point. But it's the it's thing. A, about, it's the thing about going to Ben's Chili Bowl is like it's really good. So I was telling her and her kids that you know they're probably Penn State probably a ten seed, and then when A and M got revealed as the seven seed, I was like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, oh no. Rough. I was like, as long as Penn State's not this ten seed, you guys yeah, are gonna be real, in good shape. Real rough. And then it was Penn State. Did you did you was... have a watch party with chili on Sunday? Night? Uh, no, like, we actually did uh, meatball subs. Huh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. interested in your, your like. Is this like a neighborhood no. party? Or? Uh, well, just with them. Cause, okay, cause all right. They're right next door. Right. And we're, Fascinating. We're cool. They're the cool neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. Know. I have no idea you. what Seth Davis is doing here. <laughs> it's so confusing. I still let's book him as a guest. But okay. It's the weirdest tweet I've ever read in my Confront life. Confront him. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> hey, let's get to the bottom of this thing. So we'll get to Sister Jean, but first of all, how about you letting the entire country down? Seth Davis, who do you think you are? What is that tweet? <laughs> I'm so confused by it. What the hell just happened? So his tweet said there were zero, three, and fours. In no, it just, again, I'm going to reread the tweet, okay. right? I'm going to reread it. See if maybe I'm missing something. It's possible, right? I'm going to, this is what Seth Davis said. Oh, hang on now. There we go. Over the last 20 20s, 60% of Final Four teams have been one seats. 32% have been twos, and 18% have been seated five or below. Okay, so yeah, so bad. Maybe he meant the 32 have been two, three, or four. Maybe he just yeah. maybe he just left that part of the tweet out and didn't I, catch it. Over the break, I, I could just do the math for the last 20 years. Um, You're going to do Seth Davis's homework for him? <laughs> okay, maybe I'll allow you to do that. Maybe, and then I want you to tweet... <laughs> We, I want you to tweet quote tweet and say we took care of Seth. We love we love Seth, but we went ahead and took care of this math for him. The numbers are actually right, and see if that gets yeah. us any traction, right? Yeah. Like see if that helps us at all. This is really now oh, there are eleven quote tweets to this, so maybe somebody has already done this. Hang on a second. Check. Um, no, I'm not really seeing there. Uh, that's a hundred percent. 
Yeah, nope. Everybody is just pointing out the fallacies that, that, is, that we have pointed out, okay. that they're that you've ignored three and four seeds and that it's 110%. Nobody has actually done the the ra- the work to figure out what it is. So we could be the heroes. We could be heroes for just one day. Anything going on in the world of uh, free agency that we need to know about, Prince Charles? I've been refreshing. Dynamite Dolphins, up, Dolphins. What? Resign Raheem Mostert. Ah, that was the one I was waiting for. That oh. was the former Raven, of course. Raheem Mostert. Uh, today's show is really? also. What, wasn't he briefly? Didn't he have like a cup of coffee with the I, Ravens I at one point? You. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure he had like a week where he was a Raven at some point in his life. 2015, he was with the Baltimore Ravens. In like training camp? Never doubt me. My fr- on October 14th, I, I wasn't doubting, On October I was 14th, uh, Mostert ah. was signed by the Baltimore Ravens after losing third string running back uh, the late Lorenzo Talaferro to a season-ending foot injury. Mo- Mostert returned five kicks for 164 yards in seven games of the Ravens. On December 15th, he was cut in hopes of putting him on the practice squad, but he was put on the Browns. 53 man. Played roster. for four teams in 2015. Two years, yes. 5.6 million. He was like the top right, running We're spending back way too agent. much time talking about Raheem like, Mostert. Two, like no two one years cares. ago, he was like the top guy. Well, but that's, that's running crazy, backs, yeah. man. That's why Griffin's buddy is trying to get rid of J.K. Dobbins. Exactly. Weirdo. Baseball betting is here. Bet $50 with Maryland's newest sports book, Bet Fred, and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred Bets along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up through PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. When we come back in, we are, by the way, still going to be joined by Greg Rosenthal, and I'm definitely going to let him talk about this topic as well. There were rules, suggestions that were put into the hopper yesterday in the NFL, and it kind of went under the radar because of free agency. One of them is both wildly hilarious and yet somehow I might even, for no reason at all, I might even argue for it. We'll talk about it next. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career in healthcare? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in medical front office, pharmacy technician, and certified nursing assistant. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. Healthcare is a rewarding field that can offer job security and fulfillment. With CCBC's healthcare programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these in-demand careers. Call us at 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Healthcare Programs. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Birdland Sports is by O's fans for O's fans. They have so many cool shirts. If you have not checked out BirdlandSports.com yet, I told you they did the uh, Orioles in Oreo lettering shirt and colors, so the Oreo Park at Camden Yards. They played off of that for a cool shirt that's available right now. Also, of course, the 2023 World Series champ shirts. You want to speak it into fruition, go ahead and get that now. The Maverick-style Gunnar Henderson shirt, the Hillbilly Hay shirt, and my favorite. The birds are coming. They're all available right now at birdlandsports.com. And still plenty of time for you to get your shirt before opening day so you can rock it at the yard like my man Conan got his that he's going to wear on opening day. Get it there right now. Check out all the amazing shirts that are available. Prices much better than the big guys. Shirts much cooler than the official stuff. And the quality remains the same. Birdlandsports.com. By Birds fans, for Birds fans. Check out Birdlandsports.com today. Griffin had his uh, his shoes off. He was using his toes to count. I have no idea how he was doing the division. Do you feel like you have official numbers yet? I, I feel like I do. Yes. What, do you, what did you come up okay. with? So the total number one seed. So I went back to 2001. 80, that, so the 80 that, teams have made the final. That, you're saying that's 20 tournaments because there was no tournament, yeah, was no in, tournament in 2020, in but that still doesn't oh, wait, seem Oh, my list right. didn't. Oh, okay, the, the website I was looking at did not include tw- 2022. Yeah, that that math, so you really screwed. Well, you got to. Oh, I didn't really screw. Well, I just gotta, well, you got to take, take 2001 the, off and yeah. instead replace it with. Because 2001, of course, would have been the year before Maryland won. So yeah. the first year on this should be. 
2002. When do you need the seeds the for 2022? Yes. Can you? you got a two seed, two two seeds, an eighth seed, and a one seed. An eight seed? Who was the eight seed? North last Carolina. Year? Oh, that's right. Carolina was an eight seed last year. That's right. I forgot about that entirely. All right. So, All right, so you're, uh, Griffin's still working on his yeah, math as to what the correct what the correct answer is as far as how you should be going about picking your teams. He's really screwed everything up. He's failed everyone. Imagine if we had put that out there. Like, we were trying to upend Seth Davis, and then well, we my, were my wrong. My percentages would have been off by, like, Yeah, but still, it would have been embarrassing, and then you would have had to have stood up in front of everyone and apologize. We would have sent you to Capitol Hill <laughs> to have gone and stood in front of the world and apologized. Hand on the book. Yeah, right? After you tried to take down Seth Davis, this <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Griffin's had it out for Seth Davis for years. He's like, oh, I could, I, could, I could be Seth Davis. I'm better than that guy. And here he is trying to take him down, and he would have been wrong in the process. It's shameful. I, I confused oh, myself. Now his ma- oh, now his son of a bitch. You know what? We're going to need another commercial break. Let's get into the topic at hand. Yesterday, the NFL announced the playing rules, bylaw, and resolution proposals submitted by clubs for 2023, which is always one of my favorite days of the year because there are always going to be some things that are bizarre. For the record, none submitted by the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they've often submitted rules in the past. Um, Now, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't have submitted something. Maybe they already knew another team was submitting it, so they didn't. Um, I'll cover some of the boring ones. Nine were submitted. Number one, submitted by Philadelphia, permits the use of the number zero as a jersey numeral to allow kickers and punters to use any jersey numeral between zero and 49 or 90 and 99. I have no idea why anybody would care about this. Why would it bother anyone for someone to be number zero? It's just a college rule. I guess it's like you don't want to be you don't want to have a player assigned number zero and feel like they're you're trying to say something about them. The hell cares? I think for teams like the Eagles, um, it's really just more numbers for the players on their roster because a lot of these storage franchises are retiring numbers, so. You, they just need more numbers in general. It's fine. That's why most. Teams, but that's why most teams, on, most teams don't retire numbers yeah. because of this. Because there's only you have 53 active players, and then you have a practice squad after that. There's only so many numbers. So most teams don't retire them. They just take them out of uh, use for a handful of years. Like there won't be another 52 in Baltimore for a handful of years. But there was a five pretty quickly after Joe Flacco. Like they're gonna. Which was ridiculous, right? So I know you're still you're still mad about the Hollywood Brown wearing number five. Um, they're gonna end up putting every number back into you. Like maybe fifty two will be the one that'll take the longest and like might have to get approval or something like that. But the Ravens are gonna put numbers back in use because they just they don't retire numbers and most teams don't. But fine, it's what it is. You want to have somebody wear a number zero? And I don't care what number kickers wear. If the other players are allowed to wear any number, why do we prevent kickers from doing the same? And the answer is because we want to see who's lined up on a kick and if it's a fake or something. For God's sakes. If you can't look at the number and say, oh, that's number 38, that's the kicker, or that's number 37, that's not the kicker, then you're just not doing your homework, man. I don't know what else there is to tell you. So I'm, I'm good with that. Number two, I'll skip because that's the big one. Number three, by the Chargers. Make the adjustment of the play clock following an instant replay reversal consistent with other timing rules. I don't know what that is, but do it. Yes, fix that. Number four, expand the coach's challenge system to include personal fouls called on the field. Haven't we tried this before? With the PIs. Haven't we? Don't we know damn well that the officials aren't going to overturn their calls when it comes to this type of stuff? Like, I, I think it should be for egregious stuff, but it's just going to lead to more teams wasting their challenges on plays that are definitely correct, but the officials aren't going to overturn. Which goes into the next rule. 
Number, <laughs> thank you very much. By Detroit, also to provide clubs with more opportunities for a third challenge. I got a crazy idea. How about have the officials officiate the games instead of the coaches? I know that's a wacky thought. I know I've been out there on a limb saying that for 15 years now, but what if instead of having the coaches officiate the games, we had the officials officiate the games? Crazy, reckless stuff I'm throwing around there, but just an idea I've had for a long time where maybe it's the officials, like an extra official above the field who says, hey, we might have gotten that one wrong. Let's maybe stop play and make sure we got it right instead of forcing the coaches to think about whether or not they're going to need their timeouts at the end of a game to try to win it versus trying to get 15 yards in the third quarter. Maybe it shouldn't be the coach's job to officiate the games. Sorry. Calm down. Number six, also proposed by Detroit. To expand the replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for consultation regarding penalty assessment which I assume Detroit is just trying to flood the zone here by throwing everything out at the table to try to fix this instead of just doing the thing. Sky Judge. Sky Judge. It's been the answer for forever. Sky Judge. And when we use it, it fixes things quite quickly. Now, doesn't it? Hey, we got that wrong. That wasn't a fumble. We let it play out because, you know, we, we didn't know. But quickly, they let us know, wasn't a fumble, got it fixed. Maybe we implement it for everything. Hey, we're not going to have you try to overturn your own calls. We're going to remove it. Somebody who's not on the field who can say that was a bad call. We're not going to allow this game to turn on a horrendous call that you won't overturn because it was one of your guys who made the call and it was a judgment call. Sky Judge. Is the way we're seeing it right now sustainable, like with the whole Mike Pereira thing? What do you mean? Uh, like how the XFL is doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to that. Is It's the concept. is very They would have to make to it clear, though, whether this Sky Judge works for the TVs or for the league. Uh, it would work for the league. I, I think that part is just to, you know, a, a ploy, right, to try to get you to watch. I don't think that it needs to be that we are listening to the conversation, and I don't think the NFL would ever allow for that to be the case. I think that would be the broadcasters will talk that will happen the sky judge will look at what he's looking at and then they'll make the decision and the decision will be announced i don't think you'd ever see yeah. the conversation because that's the, the thought i have watching some of these xfl games well, the, like the, the thought that i have is why are you watching hey, the xfl hey. uh, well that's the why these rules are being yeah, implemented sure. um, well, they're, they're, being experimented it, it, the nfl is like if the XFL did it, they don't want to do it. Like, yeah, that was the way it was the first time. That was what Pereira made very clear. Like That's why Sky Judge wasn't going to happen is because they, it was somebody else's thing. From Houston, to expand the replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for review on four, failed fourth down attempts. So the same way that every turnover is automatically reviewed, the same would be the case for a fourth failed fourth down because that's, quote, technically a turnover. By law, a fourth down failure is a turnover on downs. So why wouldn't, if we're reviewing all the turnovers, review that as well? Now, somebody would say, well, if you throw an incomplete pass on fourth down, why do we need to review that? So I get that that's part of the problem here is they're going to have to figure it out. But, yes, yeah, certainly like a, a yardage situation, you shouldn't have to challenge it. It should be something that's automatically reviewed because of the significance of the play. By the Rams, to make fouls for roughing the passer caught on the field, subject to replay assist and a review by a coach's challenge. Not gonna. You're not That's gonna. Salty. You're, you're not gonna get it. You. I get what you're. You're not gonna get it. They're not gonna overturn any of them. You're just stop. <laughs> you're wasting your time. 
You're wasting your time on that. By the Jets to expand the crackback prohibition to players who go in motion and beyond the center to block uh, quote, a split flow block or a defender below the waist. I mean, I get it. It's something we've tried to clean up for years. Blocking below the waist thing, it's, it's a conversation that's not for me. The one that's for me is this one. Philadelphia, to permit a team to maintain possession of the ball after a score by substituting one offensive play, a fourth and 20 from the kicking team's 20-yard line for an, or an onside kick kickoff attempt. So you get rid of onside kicks and instead replace them with a fourth and 20 play. It's the dumbest idea in the history of football. You know why? Because it's not supposed to be easy for you to get the ball back. It's not supposed to be a make-it-take-it sport. It's supposed to be that if you fall behind by three scores, it's hard to come back from that because the game is 60 minutes. It's a stupid idea because we're trying to manufacture action action we're trying to manufacture games being closer being more interesting to keep people from tuning out should the game turn out to be lopsided particularly in a primetime game when we all have to go to work the next day it's fake it's nonsense but it would be fun it's exactly what you just said because <laughs> sunday night the uh, Vegas Vipers were down big and they did exactly this. <laughs> and it made for like exciting for five minutes. And then when they didn't get the fourth and 20, it was like, oh, all right. Well, because well, everybody can say, like, game's over. <laughs> you could, there were onside kicks that were, there were onside kicks recovered every season. Like, it's not like you can't recover an onside kick. And it's not like but teams haven't won in desperate situations because they recovered an onside kick. These things have happened. But it feels a lot more likely that you're going to, you know, convert a fourth and 20. Then recover. It seems like that's a skill play instead of a luck play, which an onside kick is. And you could score a touchdown on this fourth and twenty. Presumably, yes. Right. Now, I don't think that that should be allowed. I, I yeah. think that it should just be you convert it or you don't convert it. If you convert it, you get the ball back at the twenty or something like that. Like I don't think that should be the case, but that'll be something they hash out. The point is, it shouldn't exist. We should be able to say this. This ain't football any longer, Chief. Like this is not real. The three-point conversion they're doing in these fake leaks. Stop. <laughs> These things are, this is nonsense that we do when we're playing around in the backyard. Opening drive, you're up 9-0. This ain't football. This is stupid. But it would be fun. <laughs> Look, I'll never be in favor of it. I'll never be in favor of it because it, 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 it's fake. It's manufactured. It's nonsense. It's not real. It's not football. It's supposed to be hard. It's like when we try to make double plays easier. Like, they're supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to get, be tough to get two outs on the same play. It's not supposed to be easy to come back from down 24 points in the fourth quarter. The idea is the entire game is supposed to matter. It's supposed to be a legitimate competition, not a manufactured, the first three quarters don't matter, don't bother to tune in for them. All that matters is the fourth quarter where you can just start chucking the ball up. And I get it, fourth and 20, it's still not likely that there'll be a ton of them converted. But enough. And again, I acknowledge it would be fun. It would be different. It would make games more interesting, you know, for, for longer. I acknowledge all of those things. There's a reason why they're having the conversation. But it's fake. It's fake. It's not football. It's manufactured. And at some point, we just, what, what, what do we want to do now? We want to do a four-point field goal? We want to put a second upright in the middle? And, like, if you hit the first one, you get three points. 
But if you hit a, a one that's if you hit this spot in the middle, we're going to give you four points. And like, how many fake things Ravens are we going to do? Be really good. That's good. true. It would be yeah. great news for the Baltimore Ravens. Like, but how? What is the extent that we're willing to go with this in order to just do things because they'll look good, cool on television? At some point, it makes the game more difficult. It, it's already difficult enough for someone. I know it's hard to believe there are people that don't don't obsess over football, but it's already difficult enough for somebody to understand all of the rules. How many more rules are you going to put in place before somebody says, "What the heck is this? What are we doing here?" Fourth and twenty, stop. But it would be fun. I can't lie. It would be exciting. But it's fake. It's it's fake. It's not real. All right. Uh, joining us now, of course, this man, the host of the ever-so-popular Courts of Thunder podcast. And he recently got to see future calendar year Grand Slam winner Palabadosa out at Indian Wells. I also hear he's involved with a, uh, a little upstart uh, project called Around the NFL. And I wish him well with that endeavor. And apparently he's on uh, a little-known network called the NFL Network. Not familiar with it. He is our buddy Greg Rosenthal, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? It's very rude of my employer of the NFL to try to take attention away oh. from Paolo Bedosa and Carlos Alcaraz this week. What is wrong with them? Like, how have you not? You're a powerful man there now because I see you on TV all the time. You're a star. How have you not had this conversation with them? Like, look, man, you've you've already tried to take everything away. You've take you've taken Saturdays. You've taken every day of the week. How come you can't just leave some things to be sacred, like the BMP Paribas Open? Right. I would be down there this week. It'd be warm. It's like raining in 50s in, in uh, L.A. right now. Uh, uh, but instead, uh, we're doing shows every day because there's a lot going on. Yeah, like the I, I whole offseason, I don't know if you know this, Glenn, what? happens in one week, and then we can fill a little in, bit. In one week? It feels like it happens in 12 hours anymore. Right. <laughs> it gets nuts. <laughs> Um, all right, before we get to that, quickly, uh, we were just talking about this 4th propo- this and 20 proposal. I both acknowledge it would be hilariously fun, but also like I feel like at some point we have to stop and say, no, it's supposed to be hard for teams to come back from down multiple scores. 60 minutes are supposed to be 60 minutes, not just can you put everything together in the final four minutes of a football game. I, in, in theory, it sounds delicious and entertaining, but I also believe that we have to eat our vegetables at some point. I don't think you can actually do this. I wish I had a computer in front of me because this proposal was up last year, and I think it was 4th and 15 or 4th and 17, so maybe they listened to some of the complaints and oh. they made it a little longer. I like it. I like uh, innovation. I like fun. Uh. This seems like fun. It's definitely fun, but what else is fun? I just said, are we going to stick another – if we put a target between the uprights and you hit that, you get a fourth point on a field goal? Like, what? where does – I actually don't think that's that crazy. I, I don't think Greg, that's that crazy. Greg, this is – you know what? I should have known better than to trust the man that wants to make majors three sets. I should have known better. I should have known better. <laughs> I mean, I'm all, for, I'm all for offense, and the thing is, fourth and 20 is extremely hard to pick up, and I don't think – Many teams would find the space to go for it, and I don't think um, it would like change the sport that much, but here and there it would be fun. Okay, so here's what I would say. If we have to do it, right, then I would say it should be 4th and 15 from the 15. I, I, the problem is it's not all that hard for Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle to slip behind a defense. Like, that can be done. So I would actually say don't give them the entire field in order to operate with to convert this play cut the field down to make it more difficult. 
Pirates. Hmm. That's interesting. You're so far back, though. I think that would defeat the purpose a little bit. I mean, look, if 4th and 20 was that easy to uh, I, I understand. pick up, we need, we need to see a lot more 4th and 7s uh, being gone for. And we, we are, frankly, compared to uh, what we used to see. But we need to see even more. But if you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, then defenses have to stay honest from the 20 and stay with them downfield, opening up the middle of the field. Like I'm, I'm not saying it's likely that everybody's going to start converting 4th and 20 plays, but I just still think that it benefits offensive teams to say, yeah, why wouldn't we do this? We've got yeah, these guys on just, our team. You just nailed it. Like, yeah, I, benefits offensive teams. That's ah, the whole point. Damn, that's, what you, you <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want. That's what you want. Ah. All right, Greg Rosenthal is with us here on GCR. We, we had, I, I know. I know it would be fun. I just don't want it. All right, now, on to this. Um, I, look, man, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm so Lamar Jackson fatigued, but it's just it's, it's overwhelming. Every time somebody says, what do you think about Calais Campbell? All I can say is, like, who, who cares? There's, there's one thing that matters in this city right now, and that's who the quarterback's going to be. Are you convinced that based on how things have played out over the course of the last week that – however, whenever, whatever happens between now and then, that ultimately Lamar Jackson is going to be a Baltimore Raven long-term? No, I'm not convinced. I am curious what the end of this week's going to be like when theoretically teams are allowed to contact Lamar Jackson and start working on a possible trade or, or at least talk. I mean, the last week has been bizarre. It's been surprising. It's been as surprising as, you know, the Atlanta Falcons letting every reporter in the country know right. that, oh, no, we, we would never want Lamar Jackson. We've right. got to go sign Taylor Heineke yes. to a two-year contract. What is going on? Um, by the way, imagine that being the quarterback competition that you had to cover every day during training camp next year. Imagine having to report every day about Taylor Heineke versus Desmond Ritter. For I, I get it. There's tougher jobs to have, but Jesus Christ. Not that I believe that's the way it's going to go. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I get your point, and I said this a couple times. I don't believe that every team that has you know, tried to leak out they're not interested is actually definitely not interested because you know, what the hell is the advantage of them telling everyone that they're in on Lamar Jackson? Like, What does that do for them if, if you know, no offense to any, if Diana Rossini calls and they say, yes, we definitely want Lamar Jackson – but end up not getting him. How did how did that help anyone in the process? So I don't believe that everybody was actually out on him, but what I do buy into, based on how the Ravens have moved money around and with the belief that they're not doing it to go to sign somebody else, that they're trying to make it as loud and clear as possible. We did this because we want the market to be set to speed this process up. We want you to put an offer on the table so that we can match it. So you might not even want to bother making the offer because we're telling you whatever it is, we're going to match it. Man, first of all, I think this Ravens team, you know, has some needs, uh, certainly right. at receiver. Uh, but, you know, on the edge, the defensive line, I, I don't know that they're not going to be spending. We'll see. The receiver market's going to be pretty low, so I think they could get like a relatively low-cost rotation receiver uh, out there. Teams could structure uh, an offer sheet in such a way that I, I thought the Ravens, you know, not putting that tag on them, the exclusive tag was, yeah, saving cap space, but understanding that we might uh, be willing to lose him unless they had some sort of information that the rest of the league isn't going to go for him uh, or just a feel. I still think if there's a team out there, like we just don't know who it would be 
whether it be the Patriots. Ooh, that'd be fun. I was God. hoping the 49ers, but don't they just you, signed Sam Darnold. So I guess that's not happening. Well, stop that. Stop that. If that if, if you're signing <laughs> Sam Darnold, take yourself out of Lamar Jackson market. You should question I'm just saying they have like you. three quarterbacks, and they just gave him $3.5 I guess that's not that much money. You're right. It shouldn't take them out. But I think it could happen after the draft, too, yeah. or around draft time. So you're going to be talking about this for a while. Oh, no, and I agree with that. Greg Rosenthal's with us on GCR. So I agree, and, and what I would say is, I think it would be insane for Lamar to to agree to anything before the draft. Like let let somebody realize how desperate they are. After you know, if for example, the Falcons are sitting there with the eighth pick, doing the math. Like, well, hey, there's three teams above us that definitely need quarterbacks, but that fourth one could slip to us at eight, and then somebody steps over them and trades up to get the seventh pick, and now they're sitting there again with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter as their quarterbacks going into next year. So I don't think that this gets you know, in, in, unless for some reason the Ravens budge on what they're offering. The only thing I would say is I just I don't believe that that's the reason why they did this. I everything I've gotten is the Ravens very much have no interest in Lamar Jackson playing anywhere. The one what you brought up the idea that there could be a poisonous front-loaded deal in doing the math on this, I am to understand they could even match that at this point with with all of the money they could okay. still get through restructures. That they are sitting in a place where they could even match that type of thing. The only thing that's a wild card to me is if at some point Lamar just says, dude, I don't want to be there anymore. Like, I'm bothered by how you've done this. I don't want to be there. If something is on the table, I'm telling you don't match it because I'm not mm. going to be happy. That's the only – and I have no reason to think that's the case. It's just, you know, you never know how these things go and who's bothered by what when you're dealing with, you know, something that we've – you know, it's kind of unprecedented like this circumstance. You know what else would be unprecedented? What? For the, the team that the Ravens may hate the most and the owner that uh, all the other owners hate the most. I just swoop in at the last second and offer a fully guaranteed you, contract. You Let's so, go, Dan Snyder. So, oh. I take back everything I said for 20 years. Let's do it. Hey, look, man, there is no reason. I, I said this to somebody. I, so I, I do a lot of – I used to work in D.C., so I do a lot of D.C. radio hits. And I said, if there's one person in that organization – that was opposed to that idea. If a janitor was opposed to it, I'd fire them. <laughs> like, what in what world? You are the most meaningless organization in professional football. You're, the owner is on the way out, has the chance to give everybody a middle finger, and you get to have a quarterback. I, I think I, one of my buddies was like, if, if it doesn't work, it's no different than it's been for 30 years in this city. What in the hell are we doing? Why wouldn't you do that? Dude, the New England thing is way more compelling to me. Like, it's way more compelling because we know Bill Belichick is in love with Lamar Jackson. It would be so mm -hmm. Patriots-like to say, oh, no, we, we wouldn't do that, and keep it quiet and just sort of watch the market kind of depress a little bit and then try to convince mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson that they're in love with him and he would be happier here and they better know how to, to make it work. Like, it would be so Patriots-like to quietly pull this off under the, the cover of night and then set themselves up to win five more Super Bowls in the next ten years and my life to be miserable. Like, that's it, it's the most right. Patriots thing ever. Right. I mean, I love Lamar, so I don't know why I would want him to go to the Commanders. I don't care about his money that much. Right, yeah. get his money regardless, so I don't want him on the Commanders. Uh, the Patriots would be beautiful. And can we interest you in a lightly used Mac Jones? No, I, no you know, most certainly I think cannot. Be fine. Jerk. Don't you try to pass that off to me. <laughs> he's not bad. He's not Nobody bad. I'm going to tell you this. I, I think Mac Jones is going to play at a level that's 
at or above the level Joe Flacco played at for most of his career. How about that? that fine, okay, but that, that might be true, but Joe Flacco had to play at, at a cheap vet. contract. I understand, but Joe but Flacco had to play at a rookie vaccine. contract. It's cheap. It's just something to keep, to keep the people happy in the, in the meantime. It, yes, in the AFC in 2023, I'm going to believe <laughs> that I can go beat Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. And, and Oh, and did you hear of Patrick Mahomes? Have you heard of that fellow? I'm going to believe I can beat them with Mac Jones. Yeah, you got it, man. Oh, I'm on it. Sign me up. Let's get that deal done tomorrow. Is there anything that has happened in the last 48 hours that you believe is more interesting or more compelling than, like, it's it's gotten attention for because we're all waiting on Aaron Rodgers? Um, well, I mean, the fact Jalen Ramsey went to the Dolphins and didn't actually – get any more money. The whole idea was they were trading him because he wanted more money. He, he didn't get it. The market wasn't there for him. That was surprising. Like he got a guaranteed 2024, but it was the same money he was going to get on his contract anyways. And that they only had to give up a third round pick and Vic Fangio was your coach. And you signed a guy, David Long, who I'm a big fan of it as one of your off ball linebackers. And you just kind of look at the talent on that defense. And then you just mentioned Hill and Waddle on that offense. And my God, I, I, I kind of like that Dolphins team right now. And, and so I think that Ramsey move, I think he's got a lot left in the tank. Maybe he's a little bit of a pain in the butt, and that you know shows up every two years. But, man, is he a good player still, only 28 years old. That, that really felt like a steal for Miami. I, I like that. Obviously, everything for them comes down to you know to his health, of course, and, and whether or not they can keep him on the field. The other team that Well, they might, have Mike White now, so that's they're true. fine. Mike right, White's yeah, going to be Mike their White backup. Mike White will definitely be able to take down uh, Justin Herbert and Lamar. Jackson in the AFC playoffs there's no doubt that's the guy you can count on um the other team that to me in part because the NFC is just so wide open I am enamored with the Bears man like I Justin Field showed us so much now you're putting DJ Moore out there with Chase Claypool I I certainly would prefer to have Roquan Smith I'm happy the Ravens have him but if the price of Roquan Smith was ultimately TJ Edwards and Chase Claypool I I don't know I think that's a decent trade-off in the process. Um, it's fine. They gave a lot of money to Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, who else did they give a lot of money to uh, up front? Uh, they sent a guy oh, to Marcus yeah, Walker, but yeah. there's, there's someone else I'm, I'm forgetting about. They were in on Mike McGlinch. He didn't get him. Like, look, you got to spend the money. I don't know about spending it on off-ball linebackers, but I'm with you. I'm excited about their offense. Uh, Darnell Mooney's a good player, too, yeah. and they have so many draft picks now. Uh, that the offense could be fun. But I always am a little worried about a de- defensive coach that invests so much in the defense. And they did that with their draft picks last year. They were terrible on defense last year, the worst defense in the league. So I, I don't know. Nate, I always trust offense a little more, and they haven't really shown it yet. It was Nate Davis who they signed on the offensive line, by the way. Nate that was Davis, the guy you're yeah. thinking of. Look, I hear you. Yeah. To me, it's just like where where is the competition in the NFC? Like what what are they up against? The bar to me is so low right now in the NFC – that Justin Fields plus a couple of competent wide receivers plus a little bit better defense equals, I, I don't know, you might be a top five team in the NFC at this point. Wow, I would not go that far. Tell, um, tell me who's definitively. You know, you're, tell me how many. Obviously the 49ers and the Eagles. Now tell me who else is definitively better than the Chicago Bears right now. The Vikings, fine, I'll give you that one. So I'll give you three. No, I'm not even going to give you the Vikings. No? They are a hot mess right now. I might pick them to come in last in that division. Okay. They, they are in true cap uh, difficulty, and their roster is just... I hear you, but uh, they still have tra- Justin Jefferson. In transition. 
I, I would say the Lions. I actually would say the Packers. I think Jordan Love um, is going to have a chance it, to okay. succeed. But I like the Lions. I like the Lions I'll in buy, that division. I'll buy the Lions a little bit, a little bit on the Lions. And the, I would, the Packers, you would have to show me Jordan Love succeeding. I can't just blindly do that, right? Like, I hear you. If Jordan Love is competent, then you're probably right about that. But I need to see I liked. I liked what I saw out of him last year. I know the Packers like him. I think... I think he has a chance. So he could be they to me would they would be like a perfect like super long shot dark horse like Super Bowl team because if you're going to pick one in the NFC uh, I mean if you're going to pick one in the NFL it's got to be in the NFC Correct. and they you know they are a team that won 13 or 14 games like five straight years. I hear you. I hear you, but you know there's a there's a quarterback change. Not sure if you're aware yes. we, we think. Yes. Yes. We think. Yes. All right. What else is going on? How many how many years before Carlos Alcaraz hits twenty three majors? <laughs> I don't like people like you putting all this on him though. You know he's so exciting. Like, look, Andre Agassi is one of the greatest of all time. How many majors did he win? Six eight. or seven. It's eight. like that would be that would be a great career. And uh, the thing Alcaraz brings is uh, the juice, the oh, entertainment. So I'll, I'll take it. I would say I would I would honestly say I believe Carlos Alcaraz is better now than Andre Agassi was at, at that point in his career. I I, I mean, oh no doubt. Like, yeah, I would say. I mean, I would agree. I would maybe put the over under at like nine and a half, but that's just out an no, outrageous thing to do it to a, a young player. It is outrageous, but um, we called it, my friend. We were on this. From, you called it. You called it. You were on it. I definitely ahead of called anyone. it. I I I made that bet in New York a couple of years ago. It was my happiest I've ever been. <laughs> Uh, what does the schedule have for you this week? Uh, we're uh, we're doing shows every day. I'm on NFL Network a couple times. Uh, hopefully, the Aaron Rodgers news drops right when right when we're recording. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be fun. That. Let's go, Aaron. Let's, yeah, right? let's, let's uh, get off the pot here. Do something. Hey, how, could you manifest some Lamar Jackson for me? Because I don't want to do this for another five months. I'm legitimately talking about doing four days a week at some point because if I, I can't, for my mental health, I just can't keep doing this this way. It is too much. Just, just uh, bump up your offer, Baltimore. Make it like 180 guaranteed or whatever it needs to be, and let's go. Come on. Get it over with. At Greg Rosenthal on Twitter is how you follow him. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, Glenn. See you. It's Greg Rosenthal with us here on GCR. Again, I have to every time I talk about how I'm tired of talking about Lamar, I gotta be like, right. That's what I'm complaining about in my life. That's what somebody else has a real problem. And I'm like, I'm sick of doing six days a week about Lamar Jackson. You know how relieved I was when they told us that we were off this week on 1057 because they're gonna air the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Thank God. What if he what if he signed God. during uh what if Yeah, that would be a real bummer, obviously. Like if on Sunday afternoon the news comes out. Yeah. Womp womp. But I was Or he calls into the show. Lamar's yeah, I don't just think just like, I, I don't call think the that fan. would be the first place that he'd be looking to call, considering we turned him down over here. All right. That's true. Said yeah. no. Hey man, you know, it's what it is. I'd still make the same decision every ten times out of ten. I'd make the exact same decision to decline Lamar Jackson, give him the circumstances that were presented by which we would do the interview. I was like, I, no, sorry, sorry. I love him. If I remember correctly, I even offered to, pl- I was like, dude, I'll plug your book anyway. Like, I got no problem doing that, but yeah, you got to be able to ask at least like a couple of questions, like real <laughs> questions. I can't. What would you eat for breakfast today? Yeah, I mean, 
if you saw the list. <laughs> How's you, the clothing line? If you saw the list of things they were like, why don't you talk to them about this? I was like, well, those are options, and I would definitely consider some of those, but also would want to bring up a couple of my own. That's the way that it went. All right, did you, did you, I, are you yes, comfortable with yes, your math I, this time? Yes, I'm positive. Because, again, if we I'm are going to attempt correct. to dra- drag, to drag. <laughs> Seth Davis... Get into war. We better make sure we have it correct. We better make sure that we're not just putting nonsense out there. By the way, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. If you have a passion for service and you're looking for a career for life, the Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers $64,000 a year. $10,000 $10,000 signing bonus available for entry-level or lateral officers. Find out more, 410-887-5542, or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. All right, what do you have? Okay, so he – he so I, I, I think I see at least one part where he messed right, up. I mean, just, the, the just, tweet is a hot mess. Okay, well, again, who are you? You're, you're over dra- dragging yeah. Seth Davis. But this this he, idiot. He said, he said I don't know 60. how it is that CBS employs this dope. The last 20 tournaments, 60% of his final four teams have been one seeds. So sixty per- if you add up the one and twos, it's 60%. Okay. Um, but it is actually 37.5% have been one seeds Okay. in the final so four. So 37.5% and then 22, one seeds. Mm-hmm, 225 have been two seeds. 225 two and, seeds. And he said 32% have been twos. I, I'm not sure what sure he was adding up there. So. Um, and then he said 18% have been five or below. So in reality, five or below is twenty one point two five. Oh, so it's even a higher yeah. number. And then, so the combined three and four seeds. High. Yeah, the combined three and four seeds is eighteen point seven five. Eighteen point seven five, three or four. Now let's make sure that our math adds our up. Our math definitely. Let's right. make sure that's the case. So I right. again, I went to Perry Hall High School, so this might be a little bit tricky for me. But I believe thirty seven <laughs> and a half plus twenty two and a half equals sixty. So we got that taken care yeah. of. I believe 18.75 plus 21.25 equals 40. So Common Core tells me that does <laughs> equal 100%. one one whole zero. <laughs> to give almost a quarter to, like, the real field is surprisingly high. The funny, they the, they the, rank one through four the, seeds, right? The funny part being, his argument yeah. is 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 actually it, well. It's right. It's well. It's correct. Yeah, yeah. that you are well suited, not to go with two ones, a two, and a five, but just to have. A five or below. Definitely be in it. It's a hell of a name for a store. We should think about that. We should consider maybe trademarking that. Take a five and below seed. Maybe we should try store. to look into that, right? If we can't see if a trademark is And everything's available. like that done. less than $5. Now, wait a second. This is a hell of an idea you've got. <laughs> hell of an idea. Um, th- there is the 20, 21.25% of Final Four teams have been, that's almost a quarter. Yeah. So a quarter of your own final four being a five seater below makes sense. Math is wretched. <laughs> Just <know>. a brutal, <laughs> brutal tweet. Go ahead and send that out. Again, say, with all due respect to Seth, we ran the numbers. Here's actually what the math works out to. All right? All right. It's very weird. It's super weird that we got to this point. But the point is, consider putting it. I did not. In my final four, I was boring, boring as hell. But if you're like Matt Torper, good guy Matt Torper, who got in on the bracket contest this morning, love you, Matt. Appreciate you. 
If you are signing up for our bracket contests, again, Glenn-Clark on Venmo, Glenn-Clark180 on PayPal, Glenn-Clark Radio on Cash App, half of the pot goes to the winner. The other half goes to show your soft side. I was reminded in the past we've done a second-place prize. Nope, not doing that. Winner, take half. Show your soft side, take half. That's the way we're divvying it up. 20 bucks to get in. Then email me, glennclarkradio at gmail.com to let me know that you're in. If you're joining us, consider putting a five seed in your final four or below in your final four. A 13 if you'd like. Put Drake in your final four. Nah, there's a curse that comes along with Drake, though. That's the unfortunate oh, part, right? Like if, if you, if they, well, it if just it, means they won't win at all, right? That's true. That's a good point. They could get there, right? They just can't win at all. That's a great point. All right, you know what? Maybe I'll go with Drake for a round. Maybe I'll say I have to knock off Miami. We come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We will get tubular to wind things down. Don't forget today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? Whether it's job loss or a change in career, CCBC has funding available for short-term career programs like welding. Our welding program provides hands-on training with experienced instructors, preparing you for a career in a high-demand field. And with classes starting in March, now is the perfect time to take advantage of this opportunity. Don't let the pandemic hold you back any longer. Call CCBC today at 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Welding. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night 
It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Your, your boy is trying to do the contrarian thing again today. Yeah. Um, saying that my complaint about the 4th and 20 would be like me uh, complaining about football adding the forward pass over 100 years ago. No, you know what would be really so, cool? Here's, I'll make a comparison. You know what would be super cool? If there was a sport that allowed you to make multiple forward passes on the same play, right? Like, that would be, whoa, that would just be wild, right? Like, if we just made an NFL blitz at some point, because it was the greatest game that ever existed to the point where I spent a lot of money to have an NFL blitz arcade machine in my house. I, to understand the one-up version of the NFL blitz arcade machine stinks because it got rid of all the fun stuff from NFL blitz, all the late hits, all the the... The, the NFL was like, no, we won't license that. Like, get out of here. Um, NFL Blitz was great. But you know what we realized? There needs to be a set of rules and, like, understanding about what football is supposed to be. And if we just sort of open it up and said, let's have multiple forward passes on the same play, at some point it becomes a different sport. Now, you're right. The forward pass, when it was added, briefly after football existed – not hundreds of years later, briefly afterwards, did revolutionize the way that football was played, ultimately. It changed. It took a long time, but it did revolutionize it after we f- first put the forward pass in around 1900. The idea of this is that it's a simple premise. The 60 minutes are supposed to matter. It's not a make-it-take-it sport. I reference this all the time when I do lacrosse games. Whenever a team falls behind, I always bring up that the beauty of lacrosse is that it's built as a Make it, take it sport. If you fall behind, but you can win face-offs, you're still in it. But that's the nature of the sport. The nature of the sport is the face-offs matter. There are some people that think the face-offs should be gone from lacrosse. We're seeing that right now with the uh, sixes format of lacrosse. But the nature of lacrosse is that when you're a child, you know the face-off matters. Wing play matters because having possession matters. Now, again... Loyola only won four face-offs all day a couple weeks ago and still beat Maryland. It's not like you can't do that, but face-offs matter significantly. In football, we know it's not a make-it-take-it sport. It's difficult, extraordinarily difficult. If you think there's some sort of safety hazard with the onside kick, with guys running into each other, and that's the reason why you want to get rid of it, okay, we'll talk. But it ain't that, is it? It's because you want to manufacture something. It's because you want to create something that's fake. Now, again, if we have to do it, I would still argue 
Line them up at the 15-yard line. Take away just slipping a guy behind the defense. Take that part of it out. You want to convert? Go convert. If you can convert a 4th and 15 from the 15-yard line, 4th and goal so forth, from yeah. the 15, then you're good. You get the ball back at your own 25-yard line. That's what I would do. Because it's difficult to cover the whole field. That's the truth. The truth is covering the whole field is hard, man. Especially when you're dealing with speed receivers. When you've got to be honest with speed receivers, then that's going to open up the middle of the field. It suddenly makes it so that it's a convertible play. Again, is it likely? Of course not. There's a reason why teams don't choose to go for it on fourth and 20. But if you feel like you have to do something or... I just don't know who's... Dis- like, who is this change? Are you any more inclined to... Let me let me stick through this. I'm trying to come up with a scenario. We're all going to watch football no matter what. So the unique scenario would be it's a Thursday night game on Amazon. It's third quarter. Lions... Jags, Jags. That's a good game. No, the Jags are good now. Stop. The Jags are one of the more. But that's the quintessential Thursday. I understand. That's the Cardinals. Maybe Titans Texans is the game, right? Yeah. Titans Texans on a Thursday night, right? And it's for whatever reason the Titans are up twenty-four to seven in the third quarter. They scored twenty-four points. I know, right? Wow, wow. On a Thursday, twenty-four to seven late in the third quarter. Are you? Were you turning it off? And are you now more inclined to not turn it off because of the fourth and twenty thing? Well, I never draft uh, in fantasy Titans or Texans players. Yeah. So I probably would never had it on, honestly. Okay, okay, no, no. Uh, I mean, yes, yes. I'm definitely. There's only so many NFL games a year. You're watching the game. I don't turn them off. That's the thing. I just. I'm watching, man. I bet on it. There's something going on that I'm watching. I mean, I guess it depends, but yeah. It, I'm I'm the wrong guy for this. This is the NFL that we're talking about. We only get so many games a year. I'm going to watch them. I mean, it would have to be extraordinary. It'd have to be like forty-five to seven or something like that yeah. in order for but me to I, turn it off. But yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Because even looking at the the Thursday slate last year, I was yeah. like, "There's no need to watch that game." And I'm I watched, turning it on. I watched every single yeah, one of I them watched. because it's an NFL game, and we only get a certain number of them every year. I think it's the thing that what you're saying that's sticking out to me that I would agree with is the manufacturing part. If it was something within the already the game of football that allowed you to get the ball back, like I thought like if maybe on the kickoff, this is a little too easy if the ball went through the uprights on opposite field or if you like hit the post, then you get the ball oh, back. Oh, damn. Like, but that's still within the game. Okay. So like like I said, it's a little easy to go through that, the goal is that post. More but like within if you the game than the this is. I, guess, I don't know. I don't know. So no, you're trying to come. So that 24-7 scenario. You're yeah. trying to come back. You score a touchdown. You make it 24-14. All right. On that ensuing kickoff, your kicker hits the goal post on the opposite end. Right. Then then you get the ball. Back. Then then you're because that the ball is something back. extraordinary that has happened. Okay. But it is skill. It's not luck. And it takes right? skill. Like yeah. you have, it's something that your kicker is going to have to start working on now. And like you're not manufacturing an extra play now. Arguably, it makes kickers more valuable. Yeah. So I, they'd start definitely be in favor of guaranteed it. Guaranteed contracts for them. I don't know. This is kind of interesting. I'm listening. And I, then you don't have to like man, as well manufacture a target on the field. I just don't understand why we can't leave it alone with onside. Like we know it's a hard thing to accomplish. We understand. I think it's because it seems like it's luck and not skill, right? Like we want it to be something skill related. So if that's the case, then I'd be more inclined to listen to this. Or again, more inclined to do fourth and fifteen from or fourth and goal from the fifteen than fourth and twenty from the twenty. Like that defend. It's unfair that the defense has to defend the whole field and that. 
Like anything can happen in that process. And we also can't say it's about player safety and we're discussing adding a player. Like, that. Although somebody might say again, there's a lot of collisions on an onside kick. Like you know, it's it's essential. But we're so. substituting it for a do or die play. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true as well. When are we gonna get to the point where we're just flipping a coin, see who gets right, and then you time. can you get to have the ball. When now. you said the face offs, that made me think of the, ex, the old, old XFL, like, the yeah. old school XFL. What do they call that thing? When the, they just, do they just sprint? They, sprint it I don't for remember. The ball? They had a name for it. They had a name the, uh, for like. The, the, uh, the, scru- or the scrum, the scrum, or something yeah, like that. But it, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. It was an Oklahoma drill, yeah. right? Like it, no, no, they no, ran it was, like twenty-five right. yards for the ball. There no, was there, like was like, there was like there was they did a bit where like two guys were steal on the, the ba- ground. Steal the bacon, like it was just. Yeah, I don't. God, this is gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> this is gonna drive me insane. All right, uh, today's XFL show. XFL scramble. Scramble. Yeah. It was for the coin toss. Thank you. Scramble. Yeah. That's what it was for the coin toss. Today's show brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, where we've got a new partner. It's Bet Fred, they're Maryland's newest sports book, and they're now up and running just in time for March Madness. Bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for Bet Fred specials and other great sign-up deals. What you got? All right, so uh, the World Baseball Classic, of course, is still going on. U.S. had a big re- win over you're Canada. You're really trying to put this thing over, aren't you? Uh, and there was a perfect if, game last if night. If you're going to ask me anything about the World Baseball Classic, the answer is no. I don't know. It's just what happened last night. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I guess I'll, I can, I'll Well, you're not going to get the question. All right. Jose de, de, Jose de Leon mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico. Sure. Pitcher in the Reds organization. Yeah. He retired the first 17 batters he faced in uh, their game against. Hey, but you know what was weird about that? Then they forced him out of the game yeah. because it's not a legitimate competition. <laughs> he, he hit a 65 pitch limit, but he struck out 10 batters before he, uh, he was pulled. Cool. That is the uh, longest perfect game bid in World Baseball Classic history by, like, you know, one player. And it matches the uh, WBC single game strikeout. Sure uh, it does. The hallowed history of the WBC. Ten strikeouts in 2009 for the Dominican Republic. Ubaldo Jimenez. Good for Ubaldo. Would have been nice for him to have done that in Toronto in 2016. Would have been really swell if it had worked out that way. Uh, so yesterday I asked you to name the all the teams that had won a championship uh, in the NCAA tournament three or more times. Yes, so there are seven teams that have won it exactly twice. Exactly twice. This was the I should have studied this. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of on me. I can't remember who had won it. Now I got to remember. Oh God. Well, Florida. Uh, yes, Florida has won it twice. <sighs> Damn. Um, exactly twice. How about Louisville? Louisville, so yes, yeah, so that they're like the one caveat because, because they've won it three times. The one, yeah, and they yeah. vacated in 2013. But yes, yeah, so Louisville has two legitimate such titles. No, such yeah. nonsense. Just absolute lo- nonsense. Um, twice. Exactly twice. Uh, I think Arizona only won one. That's correct. Arizona only, only won one. How about... Did NC State win a second? NC State? NC State has won it twice. I mean, I exactly remember twice. 1983. I don't know when the other one was. I wish I wish I could assist you on this one. I'm uh, yeah. so far gone. No, it's, very diffi- it's very difficult. Sorry, like, Charles. <laughs> like, I think, did Michigan State win a second one? Michigan yeah, because they won, won Magic Johnson, then they won again. Yes, correct. Michigan State. 
Michigan State, NC State, Florida, Louisville. And how many more did you say there were? Three more. Three more. Uh, we have. It's not Maryland. I don't think Arkansas won a second one. They did not. Uh, not Maryland either. Did Marquette win a second? Marquette did not win a second. How about Syracuse has only won one, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, Syracuse has only won once. Virginia has only won once. Baylor's only won once. Only once. So we got to go back a ways in order to get these. So how about how about Ohio State? Uh, Not Ohio State. They've only won once. How about how about San Francisco? San Francisco has two national titles in basketball. So I mean, obviously they had a, a pretty decent player to help them out in that process, but you know. Nova. No, Nova won three. Yeah, Nova won three. They were figured that out. Um, Those that don't know, it's Bill Russell played at San Francisco, and that's how they won two titles. It's a current Big East team and a current, current Big 12 team. I was team. just going to say East Providence. Team. Current Big yeah. 12 Not team. Providence. Okay. Current Big East team. Georgetown win a second? George, nope, Georgetown only once. Um, Mark, have we already said Marquette? Yeah, Marquette only once. Xavier's never won a title. Oh, wait, sorry. I messed up. That's on me. Current uh, American team. That's on me. Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati has won yeah, twice. Future Big Twelve team, yeah, however, they will be in the Big Twelve. I was trying to. He said <laughs> the other. The last is Big Twelve. The, the last other. is Big Twelve. I don't know who else in the Big Twelve has won a t- uh, West Virginia. Uh, not West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma. Not Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma okay, State right. has won two national titles. I don't know. I have no recollection. Who ever of that. played for them? Uh, I don't have that. Well, Brian, Brian yeah. Big Country Reeves did in the 1990s, but I don't. This would have been 45 and 46. Oh, sure, I could oh, definitely. Yeah. I can name the entire roster now that you yeah, bring all that. All I can think was Marcus Smart, and no, uh, never did, never did. That's about it. All right, uh, very good, very good. Uh, we had last night at trivia. We got that. What was the qu- the question was? What are the three schools that have made the most ever NCAA tournament appearances? Mm. Well, oh. Kansas. Yes. Kentucky. Yes, we got those two. I got the. I I went the wrong way with the third Indiana. one. Indiana, not Indiana. I, 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 UCLA. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, that's, me, that's a good guess. Let me make sure that I have that right. In, my no, no. It's not. U, it's not UCLA. That was the one that we went with. Oh, we okay, went with okay. UCLA. UCLA. Then Gonzaga. It is not Gonzaga. Duke. Nope. You're t- oh, uh, the other one, Carolina. Yes, North Carolina. So I wrote down five schools. I said, these are the five schools, right? Like, I guarantee the three answers are within these five schools. We only got Kansas and Kentucky because we went with UCLA, and UCLA is fourth with 50. Kansas has 51. So, But North Carolina has 52, and that was the one we, for whatever Ooh, reason, wow. left off I our know, list. I can't believe like I went to Duke first. Duke. Well, the problem is Duke was, like, Duke didn't really get good until a little bit later on, until but Duke has been so consistent since then that they've damn near caught up. They've got 45. Dang. So they are, Gonzaga on the they list are fifth. Gonzaga is far down the oh, list. Okay. I guess they're more recent, too. Yes, they're they are drastically. They're yeah, only I would have immediately They're at 25. Rob, Rob and I think, and I guess, like, in like but 24 Gonzaga did not. Gonzaga did not make a tournament before 95. I think they've made the last 24. Yeah, yeah essentially, correct. All right, very good. Uh, tubular, tubular. Uh, just a reminder that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit, stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. The NCAA tournament technically gets underway 
on True TV from out in Dayton. First up, Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Throw out all the records when those teams get together. That's at 640. And then Pitt, Mississippi State at 910. Maryland baseball is at Delaware at 4 o'clock on Flow Sports. Uh, there is a Pittsburgh video broadcast if you have MLB TV for Orioles Pirates Day. And Felix Batista makes his spring training debut. He's actually going to be the starter for today's game because Opener. he's making his debut, so they wanted him. Well, they're all op- It's spring training. They're all openers, Griffin. Like, nobody's making a Didn't start. Did have, like, a two-inning uh, start? You know, yes, uh, that's called an opener. That's what that would be called in baseball. Nailed it. Felix Batista against former Oriole Rich Hill in that one, who I'm pretty sure is 44, something like that. He's very much up there. Yeah, World Baseball Classic continues right now on Fox Sports 2. Nicaragua, Venezuela at uh, right now. Canada, Colombia at 3. And Israel-Dominican Republic at 7 on Fox Sports 1, Great Britain, and Mexico at 10 o'clock. MLB Network, Nationals-Mets at 1, Angels-Guardians at 4, Reds-Royals at 9. ESPN has the Capitals and Rangers at 7. Uh, and then the NIT later on on ESPN and ESPN2 and ESPNU, you don't care, so I'm not going to go over it. NBC Sports Washington, Pistons-Wizards at 7 o'clock. NBA TV, Nuggets-Raptors 7.30, Bucks-Suns at 10. Tennis Channel from out Indian Wells, coverage gets underway at 2 o'clock. Paramount Plus for Champions League today. Nothing on CBS. FC Porto and Inter Milan. And they're at four for some reason. Why is that at four? They're is, it of the, at uh, is it because of the daylight savings or whatever? Does Europe not do? Yeah, I don't think so. So it just really? so it bumps us. It looks like an hour later for us. At least I don't So think. we're only four hours separated from like London right now? Oh, well, is that, I mean, no. it could be a thing. I don't know. That would make sense because three hours the other way is the west coast and yeah, it's, right. i'd say it's about that what's like eight o'clock this time is it, it would, the game would start london. at london in london it's 4 16 yeah we're four okay. hours separated from london i did not realize that i gotta be honest with you i did not know that they didn't do daylight savings time how about we stop doing daylight savings? yeah that'd be great that threw me off this morning because i went outside and i was like one it's snowing and two it's dark <laughs> outside 6 45 the sun uh, yeah, FC Porto, Inter Milan, and Man City, RB Leipzig, both at four. USA Network for WWE NXT today or tonight at eight. Non-sports highlights? Uh, Penn Badgley's going to be on Fallon tonight. Baltimore's own. Yeah, along with Brian Cranston, uh, James Spader, and Ian McShane on Seth Meyers. Brian Cranston, this is the... the I think it's still his Showtime show, Your no, Honor. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Bert, Bert, Bert Kreischer has a uh, comedy special on Netflix coming out today. Okay. People and like him. He's got a movie, apparently. Does he? Like he does a story about something, yeah, I heard about like a that. regular story that he does in his set, and he's turned it into a full fledged movie. Apparently, well, good for him. Sure, it's I believe I believe Channing Tatum is involved. So, oh wow! You know, okay. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, Gotham Knights series premiere on the CW. We're essentially following a. Uh, uh, Bruce Wayne gets murdered. I remember they did that Gotham show on Fox a few years ago that was like a... Like oh, yeah. A, it, was it was like was the like, origin stories yeah. for everybody. And my wife and I were in for like the, the first... For like the first seven episodes, we were watching every week. And then we were like, yeah, there's nothing here. Apparently this one sucks. Uh, I mean... D- I mean, everything DC's been doing has not been good. I, I, I was holding that hope since it was the CW and like the Flash was good. Arrow was good a couple years ago. But now apparently the this machine is yeah. the name of the Burt Kreischer movie apparently, and it's not. Chan- I had the wrong. It's Jimmy Tatro, not Channing Tatum. Jimmy Tatro, who was also in um, Magic. No, the, the 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 Jump Street. Oh, okay. And I like Jimmy Tatro. He's on that. Uh, he's on that show that I like, the, the Home Economics on ABC. He's on that show as well. All right, very good. Yeah. yeah. 
do we do everything? Oh, no, I need to remind everybody. I hosted Stan the Fan show yesterday with a special guest appearance by Stan the Fan. It was crazy. It was an amazing gift. Stan the Fan show hosted by Glenn Clark, Clark featuring Stan the Fan. <laughs> it was wild, man. As Stan's down at the spring training, he joined me for his show yesterday. And if you missed it, you can find it at facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab or go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. All right. Uh, thanks today to Greg Rosenthal. Thanks to Brian McFarland, to Patrick Stevens. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? Ace Baldwin. Oh, we're scheduled to chat with uh, yes. Baltimore's own St. Francis alum, Ace Baldwin, who just won the A10 with VCU. Is that it? Stuff in ten. Okay. Yeah. Dynamite. The hot dog. <laughs> Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. The Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Charles at charles.ap28 on Instagram. Griffin underscore Bass for him. Thanks to Griffin. That's on Twitter. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Did it? Does that? Do we care about anybody tonight? No, go, but no, go, no. Oh, well. What do we care about? Why would we care about something? Mm. What do you care about? Go free agency. Yeah. yeah go free I mean, agency. Sure. Fine. Duke sucks. <laughs>